your city encounters America's fearless shock producer face to face as he dares the ultimate in savage realism. America's most daring filmmaker sets out to strike his audience with a thousand bold jolt, and he achieves it. Europix International puts you through the ringer with Frenzy of Blood, a starkly realistic devil barrel power package. Frenzy of Blood. They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Get back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and they drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week and all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose through in ridiculous reads. Not because we deserve it, because it's what we need. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. With me, as always, the undeniable, unaccountable, uninsatiable, no uh, unparentable, unretaliatable, and dominatable, undominatable, Christopher Triana is with me. Wow, that was... They should have you introduce boxers. You Bruce Buffer just... took that. Uh, there's a pending trial I have I yeah. with him. I can't discuss it, but what's up, man? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still recovering from that incredible introduction. Oh, well, uh, I, I hope I live up to it. Dude, buckle in, man. Yeah. What you up to? What's that shirt you got on there? It looks cool. Oh, um, well, it's in honor of our topic. This is, oh. uh, this is I, I spit... spit on your grave. I spit on your grave. I see it. Uh, cool. Every you know, every forty-three-year-old uh, man should have an "I spit on your grave" T-shirt. I actually, I like this because it's a ringer tee, and like I, you know, it's and it's white, so it's good for like warm weather. It's starting to warm up a little bit here, but yeah, you know, I get to like to me, it's a very summery shirt, which mm-hmm. means like I go out and like you know, I'm out on like the the river trails and stuff, and like seeing people, I'm like yeah, you know, like walking my dog, and you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, why are people giving me this? These looks, I was like, oh, I, that's right. I'm wearing an I spit on your grave shirt with Demi Moore's ass hanging out. And it's like, it's got all these words on it, like chopped, butchered, bleh. I was like, that's why, that's why. And you were wearing your cum pants too. So that didn't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't hurt, but it didn't help your cummy oh, pants. Well, you know what? This is what happened. This is what happened to me the other day. It's right. a, you know, in New England right now, you know, it being April, it's kind of back and forth. Like, no joke. This past week, it snowed one day. And mm-hmm. then two days later, it was beautiful. It was like 70 degrees and sunny. And um, I'm out, I'm out, you know, walking, walking the dog on the trail. And, you know, other people are out and about. And, you know, I'm kind of like, well, you know, I got to just accept that other people go outside. And <laughs> so this, uh, but anyway, there's this couple. 
this uh, you know uh, uh, Indian couple, uh, and uh, they're they're walking with uh, the, their two little girls. And the one girl starts running real fast because, you know, she's a kid and she's an idiot. And she's just like, and she's like running real fast yeah. and then like runs right beside me and falls and just eats shit, just eats shit. And like the, the trail, the part of the trail I was on is like a bike trail. So it's paved. And so like she's hit pavement, like with her face, just like, boom, just bam, right into it. Road rashed her face and everything. So you, obviously this is hilarious. Uh, but you know, I can't laugh because like the parents yeah. are right there and everything, and Jesus. And, and and so she, you know, she starts screaming and crying and everything. And and by the way, as I'm walking, I'm like at this part, I'm getting closer to my house because my house is nearby this trail, uh, and I could take a little smaller trail towards my house to get off of it. And uh, as funny as it was, like it looked like she really got hurt, um, uh -huh. which is what made it so funny, but then at the same time. It was like, I was like, ah, you know, like she's all cut up. She's got gravel in her face and everything. Oh, God. And so, dude, uh, <laughs> so, so I, I, I mean, no, it wasn't brutal. It wasn't brutal. But, you know, like, you know, you, you get like, you know, if you hit yourself the gravel, little bits of it get stuck in you. Like, I mean, she, yeah, she, no, she's no, not going to be disfigured for life or anything. No you know, gravel just, in the face is good gravel in the face. No, know? no, but it wasn't, it wasn't. But it wasn't that it was it looked like no, that's exactly right. It looked like it really hurt, but it's not gonna like be permanent scarring. She didn't have to go to the emergency or anything oh, okay, like that. Good, good, but, good. but but I but I'm like, well, my house is right here, like I could be there in like 20 seconds. And so I'm like, all right, I'll be nice. And so I I turn around and I say to the parents, I'm like, hey, is she okay? Like I can I, I live right here. I have band-aids, I have antibiotic cream and everything. I have a hatchet. Right. Well, uh, no, well, 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 listen. No, so, but I was like, I live right here. I've got bandages. I've got, uh, you know, Neosporin. And they're like, no, thank you very much. We appreciate it. But no, like, you know, we'll we just live down there. We'll just keep walking with her. She'll be okay. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And they're like, but thank you. Thank you. I'm like, all right. And so I'm walking back with Bear. And then I start thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, for one thing, I'm wearing an I spit on your grave shirt. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing an I spit on your grave shirt as this happens. Mm -hmm. And I and I, so I was like, I probably could have phrased that better. I could have said, "Hey, I live right there. I'll go get a uh, band aid and Neosporin and bring it back to you." Instead of being like, "I live right here. I've got I got band aids." It's kind of like they might have thought I was like, "Why don't you come on in for a spell?" You know, that's how <laughs> a lot of uh, movies like I Spit on Your Grave would start, kind right, of. Right, right. But but you're like you look, you look down, they they look at your shirt. You look down, they're like, oh shit, and you take it off, and like you you have eat pussy shaved into your chest hair, and you're like, oh shit. So, uh, it's uh, as you know, I always shave right uh, like on my back as well as my belly. Eat out more often with a little arrow. Pointing I know, down. I know. Uh -huh. I thought we were gonna vary it up a little bit though. Nope, never. Uh, right. But but no. So yeah, I was you know like I was just like oh yeah maybe I could have. Uh, rephrase that a little better and then on, on top of that again as i mentioned they're they're indian uh you know indian americans uh mm -hmm. and uh and i'm like and also i okay so i'm a white man by himself so already i'm suspicious and awful like you know i'm i'm, I'm a white guy you check out you check a lot of serial worst. killer boxes yeah like right like there white guys like, are, you're like, alone in the, the woods with your dog <laughs> weird fucking shirt on that, no, the, gl the, the that glint in your eye you the know. dog helps though in situations like this. Does it? it no, it really it totally. It's very does. disarming so that you can lure no, people no, in easier. No, think about it. Think about <laughs> it. 
No, think about it. Like, like I think anyone would agree. Like, a guy walking with his dog, like, on a nature trail, uh, people are like, oh, he's, he's taking his dog for a walk. Oh, isn't that sweet? He's got his little dog. A guy walking by himself, alone, on a nature trail, that creeps people out. So uh, that's, yeah. that's one of the things I love about having a dog is that it makes me less creepy to go out and do anything. Like, like oh, he has his dog. Oh, that's sweet. So, yeah. Did, did I tell you about um, in Atlanta this past time when that, that girl fell in the elevator? Did I tell you about that? Yeah. In the, the elevator? In, in the elevator, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so, so like my, my friend Jane and I were coming up off the floor on, a sat- on Saturday night. After it was over, we're going up to the room to meet Nick P. 706 into the episode. And um, and we're in there and, and the door opens to take us up. And there's these two little girls in the in the um, the elevator already. And they're clearly coming from the pool. They've got their towels wrapped around them. Their hair is all wet. And Jane and I step in, you know, and we're like, hey, I into like, hello. And, you know, I think we're, Jane was like, yo, you guys swimming? And I was like, is the pool still open? And they're like, yeah, it's open till 11. And we're like, cool. And then uh, they were going to the same floor as us. So, like, ding, gets there. The door's open. And so the one girl steps to, to take a step out of the elevator and just eats hard shit. Like, oh. slips. Bare, because oh. they're both barefoot. Right. Like, hard. Dude, like, was like, and, I, and like, I'm like. And and I'm Jane's like oh my and the other little girl is like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like starts laughing at her, right. and I look down I'm like oh my god and the girl the girl that ate the hardest shit on the floor is laughing her ass off too oh, and I was like her. oh my good god then the door in front of us like as the door like opens up and this guy's like there holding two beers going. What's going on out here? And then the one girl's like, ah, she fell in the elevator. It was so funny. And he was like, get in here, girls. And I was like, they belong to you, Jesus Christ. I thought we were going to have to call like an ambulance. It was not. He's like, ah, those girls are crazy. So that was, yeah. Dude, she hit the ground hard, hard, hard. And I was like, oh, but I'm glad everyone had a good laugh because that's good. You know, uh. Speaking of hitting the ground hard, I I, I had a, a mem- I had a memory uh, pop into my head. I was talking to you a second ago about how like yeah we do these openings we kind of talk about what we've been up to and I'm I've never been up to anything, uh, but I do have memories of when I used to do things. Um, and this one popped into my head recently. I thought I'd mentioned it on the show. Um, I was uh, I'd say about fifteen because I was in junior high, so yeah, I was about fifteen or so. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was hanging out with this this guy. We'll just call him Jimmy. Uh, and and Jimmy was uh, was even more reckless and stupid than me. And uh, we we like to smoke a lot of weed. And uh, so one day we're hanging out. And we're smoking the weed, whatever. And his uh, like you know this this was shit ass florida you know rural and everything and there's no there was nothing to do like if you were an adult there was nothing to do there was even more nothing to do if you were underage you know uh it was just it was very rural you know it's like some people complain about you know like how their hometown was too small and boring and i was like oh did you have a uh library or stop signs and they're like yeah and i'm like well okay take it easy then city slicker that's how shitty my fucking hometown was anyway did you say library or tamari 
at I all did. during that? Oh, okay. no, absolutely. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, so one day, you know, we're stoned, whatever, and um, he, you because it's a small town, as I mentioned, everybody had some rusting piece of shit car in their lawn that just did exactly that. It just sat on the lawn and rusted. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to do it. No, they, they never did, including my dad. He had it too. Um, Classic lawn car. Yeah, the lawn car. Yeah, that's my dad's shooting car. Yeah. <laughs> just three more payments. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, so his mom, Jimmy's mom, had this, this beat-up old Buick. Uh, but it wasn't up on bricks or anything. It didn't have the seats ripped out like my dad's Chevelle that never went anywhere. It was in, it was intact. And and the fucking thing started. It was just an old beat-up car. And like it, it had been clearly been sitting in the same spot for a long time. It had like the weeds growing up or over the tires and everything. Oh, uh, shit. But it started, right? And we're stoned one day. And Jimmy, being the genius he is, he's like, let's go for a ride, you know? Now we're 15. We do not ha- even have a permit, like le- like you know, learner's permit, let alone licenses, right? He doesn't and even have a license, Lisa. There you go. Not even a license. Yeah. And so, uh, and so we're like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's do this. Uh, but we're like, well, we can't really. We got to kind of try to stay off the roads, right? So we knew this. We knew this one area. Uh, that that had that had kind of a clearing, and this like in the woods. We're like. We'll drive in the through the woods. That sounds like a really cool idea. We'll keep smoking weed and we'll drive around in the woods. Uh, and in Florida, it's a lot of like sugar sand. You know, it's that really like loose oh, yeah. sand and everything. Uh, you know, and so we could like really, you could get a good donuts thing going with that sugar sand. And so we were kind of doing that. We were kind of doing like mudding without the mud. In this Buick car, you know, <laughs> and sand's not the only thing loose around there. If you know, catch my drift. Oh, you got that right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you guys are bank. doing donuts in the sand, the <laughs> equivalent the... of of mudding without the without water, the mud without the or mud. the four wheel drive, or the four wheel drive. Not in a truck. We're in an old Buick. Right? I'm right there with you. Yeah, we're in yeah, a Buick. Like this this car was from like. Like 1971 or something. This is old. Listening to Trickster or what's going on? You guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't. You know, the car didn't have like a tape deck or anything. I'm sure we had the. Oh. Did the you just sing? No, you I'm sure we had. I'm, I'm sure we had the radio on. If if it were if the antenna wasn't broken, I don't I don't really remember. Uh, and I also I don't remember the exact model of the car because I to this day I'm no good with that shit. You know, like people are like oh what kind of car was it? Oh, it was blue. Plausible it had, deniability. It had a couple of doors on it, you know. Allegedly, I don't, I, I don't know shit about cars. I don't know yeah. making models. They all look the same now, anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So man. they do. They all look like a like a mouse for your computer. Um. So, so anyway, we're yeah we're driving around in the woods, and I'm like, you know, and I like you know I'm I'm the passenger. It's it's his it's his mom's car, so he gets to drive, and. uh and I'm like, yeah, this this is cool and everything, but and so but we get kind of we get kind of bored just driving around. And he's like he's like let's let's make it more fun because we're really high, you know, because we continue to smoke. And so we decide we're going to start driving right into trees. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? directly. We decide we're going to drive 
directly into trees. For what? To see what would happen? Or Because uh, that sounded fun. Because we were stoned 15-year-old headbangers, that's why. Okay, I mean, don't get me wrong. It sounds fun. But uh, I just sort of see what you're, like, you know, were you trying to knock them down? Or were you trying to set the, uh, there were no airbags. I mean, what were you, with the note just like, dude. Dude, let's hit these trees. Yeah, bro, do it. Like, that was no, just it. No, 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 definitely not to set off air bags. They didn't exist in this. No car. malice. And also, thought. we weren't even wearing our uh, belts. We weren't even wearing our seat belts because fuck that. You know, this was. Dude, you guys weren't even wearing belts on your pants, I bet. You know, fuck that. No, seat belts. probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that predates my love of sweatpants. So, I mean, I don't know what was going on. Anyway, so we're, calm, so we're like, bet. so we're like, all right, let's, let's do the, uh, Let's do it. Let's let's just drive into trees. So we start doing that. We start like, you know, we get as far back as we can, rev up the engine, spin the tires like in the fucking crab grass or whatever, and then just fucking bolt headfirst into a tree. And it's just, you know, so we drive, we're just like, bam, right into the tree. And, you know, these are like pine trees, so they're not enough to completely destroy the car with one with one hit, you know. Yeah. But we hit it, and, like, the whole car, like, I don't know if you've ever hit anything head on, but it's, but, like, it just, the, the whole car shakes and everything, and, like, you rock in your seat, you actually fly up a little bit out of your seat if you're not wearing your belt like we weren't. And we were like, ah, it's amazing, let's do it again. And so, How fast are you going, do you know, before you are hitting oh, the that, thing? It couldn't have been that fast. I mean, you know, like we're in the woods, so we didn't have a lot of space, you know, yeah. uh, to to really build up speed. So, yeah, I mean, we couldn't have been going that fast, but uh, but but f- fast enough that like when we hit it, it was like boom, bam, you know. Jesus uh, Christ. But, yeah, and so we continue to do this, backing right. up and just slamming into trees. Yeah, like you and do, then, like you do, because you know you gotta have your fun. Uh, and then we're like, hey. There's a there's a big canal right over there. Okay? Oh, a big canal. You know, and I was like you th- you think we can jump it? And and he's like, "Well, we got to try, you know." <laughs> and so this is our next genius idea. We're going to jump the canal. Now, there's no fucking ramp, you know. It's just flat sugar sand, steep canal for maybe 10 15 feet. And then mm-hmm. more flat sugar sand on the other side. You know, this is like Homer trying to cross the gorge on the skateboard, you know? Okay, so <laughs> so there's no no incline you're going to hit. No, there's no there's a canal there. Or somebody some would say sea anal. Uh, you're going to try to jump oh, this. Yeah. Uh, some people do. And then... Um, yeah. It's but so there's no incline. You're just going to just dri- drive like... You're trying to, like, Dukes of Hazard this. But Absolutely you're really going to Thelma and Louise it. We're actually like, you know, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking about earlier is like, uh, and, and I'll mention this again, like uh, the whole Dukes of Hazard thing is exactly what was in our minds. We're both kids of that generation, grew up watching the show. And we're like, oh, it'd be great. Like, we'll just mm. like the fucking General Lee. Like, we'll just fucking, we'll just fly. It'll be amazing. Uh, and, uh, and we're stoned and we're 15. So we think You'll this is going to work. We'll all see. <laughs> so yeah. we get back up as far as we can. And, like, he fucking floors it. Now, again, this is an old piece of shit car, so flooring it means maybe 40 miles an hour, right? Right. And so, and so we go we go hurtling towards the canal, and it was the most amazing experience because we, we, we fly off of the, the fucking totally level ground, as I said, and yeah. we're over, the, we're over the, the ditch and everything, and 
you be, and like we just became weightless, you know, like because we were there was no we had no belts on or anything. And just it, that it moment like, of like where everything this. falls at yeah. the same uh, rate or whatever. Yeah, like I didn't hit it; I floated to the ceiling of the car. It was amazing, you know. It, like it was like a zero gravity thing, you know. I was like, "Whoa!" And he's like the same thing. Whoa, dude, this is amazing for like a second, right? Yeah, you know? and then and then it's like nose dive into ditch filled with snakes and algae and like all that Florida bullshit, right? And so like snakes we're. And <laughs> Well, that's that's what it is, yeah. And so we're like just like going nosedive straight down, and the car hits and it hits face first, like the the front bumper just boom right into the ground, and we're like we're like hit right into the dashboard, the two of us. Yeah. Uh, but then like and then we feel like the car tilts back and like it's like bam settles on its back like you know tires and like on the bam on its back tires. Thank goodness it didn't flip the other way and crush us to death. Uh, and so now, like, we uh, so that now we're like, okay, well, here we are. And he's yeah. like, try he tries to back up or do whatever. Of course, it don't doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't. Does move. it run still? Is the it's, car it's, running? Well, it's hard to tell because it's like makes these little like like noises. But okay. we're like we're we're like deep in a ditch with like you're wedged. Are you wedged in where you can't even move? It's, or it's you nose, have... No, it's no, it's nose first into the bottom of the ditch. And uh-huh. also, like the tire, the back tires are in the sand, the front tires are in the sludge. It's like, gotcha. Now I gotcha. Yeah. It's like, it was like, well, maybe it, maybe it's because, like, you can't, you can't turn. Even if it was running, you couldn't no, turn. No. Yeah, any yeah, I got you. The way it was angled. Uh, but it may have been dead completely by that point, anyway. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, and so, we're so we're stuck and so we're like well you know let's like let's let's get out you know we're thinking about it. but like the funny thing is like he's really that that moment of just being airborne and thinking about like dukes of hazard you know it's like in my mind of just like you know like like waylon jennings voice pops in my head he's like oh some folks may not know that the rusted spotted hoopty is the official town bird of palm bay florida the- yeah. <laughs> that Triana boy done got himself in a right. mess of trouble. Right. How are these smoking boys... their weed and jumping their how, cars? <laughs> how are these boys gonna out get themselves out of this pickle? That Triana boy sure is a study. So you did know? you guys just run away and tell his mom someone stole the car? Well, no, that, that's, that, that's don't get ahead of me because it's it's, oh, okay. it's amazing. Yeah. Um. So we get out. Of, we get out of the car, and we're like, well, what are what are we gonna do? And and we just kind of go like, well, that's that's the end of it. Yeah, like we just kind of struggle, just like, well, <laughs> we're like, yeah, well, that's we're like, wah, wah. we're like, well, I guess we gotta find something else to do, and so we just walk away. We just fucking left it there. We're like, ah, it's garbage. It's a hoopty anyway. It's garbage, and we just walk away, like not even thinking like that'll be a problem, you know. Yeah. And, and so we like we walk off. We go hang out at my house. We you know smoke weed, listening to fucking you know uh, Wasp and Tone Loke or whatever cool shit we were into. Nice. And, uh, and then he goes home, <clears throat> and I only found out about the rest of it later because like really it was just like completely out of my mind. As soon as we left so, it there, I was h- like, hold on, oh, let me... it's trash now. Whatever, fuck it. Just <laughs> so I understand, everyone else is standing correctly. 
you guys did all that. The car is crashed in a ditch, basically a, a canal or a sea anal. And you guys just go to your house to listen to wasp and shit like oh, yeah. that's it. No yeah. other. It's like like he didn't like oh, think like, oh, no. OK, so then he goes home. OK, gotcha. Then what? Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I don't I can't say exactly what he thought, but he expressed no concerns. No. <laughs> he wasn't like, oh, no, I'm going to be in so much trouble. He was just like, oh, <laughs> oh. He was just My like, it's going to kill me. He was like the typical stoner laugh, like, <laughs> like, oh, man, whatever. I guess it's fucked now. We had our fun. Awesome. And so, like, yeah, we just, and then so later he goes, you know, he goes home, and I only find out, you know, like a day or so later that, like, someone happened to notice this. Uh, and I, I like to think that maybe they even saw us attempt the jump. Uh, but <laughs> someone noticed it in the woods. And uh, and so the cops were called, and the cops called the mom because you know the, there were tags on the fucking thing, so it was registered. Yeah, and like and yeah, he was in like a shitload of trouble with her because like they had to pay the city to like get a truck that could go out there and tow it out, and like they you know like it had to they had to like do all the stuff just to even get a big truck out there because it was the woods and it's like hard to navigate. <laughs> You like an assholes, it got, it got, <laughs> right? Right? Hey, again, this wasn't this wasn't my decision. This was it was his mom's car. He was the one like he was like, let's go for a drive. What am I supposed to do? be like? No, can stone or metalhead? Of course, I'm like, yeah, we should definitely try to crash into trees. Well, I know. Awesome. I mean, I think it's awesome too. But also, like, did like so he just caught to it, or there was no like. uh some like getting uh, out of it yeah, or like was he like no mom i didn't do that did they call your mom or you and be like oh, no. chris what were no. you guys doing mm. no none of that no you no, have no. To corroborate no he... the stories at all no 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 he didn't mention me he didn't wrap me out um nice nice uh, no like he, he he was just yeah he just got in trouble he was like yeah i, I took it and i was fucking around and you know and yeah like That's that was awesome. pretty much the end of it he got in trouble he got grounded whatever you know whatever happens when you're 15 but you know like week later we were getting stoned again it was like it was like nothing happened uh so that just Man. popped into my head like out of nowhere it popped into my head earlier and i was like i i, I was like i need to tell john wayne about this he'll appreciate this so it, i do appreciate <laughs> that and i also want to say that we brought up the dukes of hazard and this almost like is like a could be a, a a shot for shot remake of an episode or an episode or something like that or it follows the arc like you guys you know take your the car you, you know you get into some trouble you wreck the car shit goes down boss hog happens and then you know you get away one of the duke boys does and then a week later you guys are fucking smoking smoking grass jumping cars and smacking daisy duke on the ass all over again you know well that's pretty much what we did it's like i know that's what i'm saying the exact same shit yeah we, we did not learn a lesson uh we we continued we got into more trouble together and uh yeah so very nice dude i like that yeah it was a good time what the a only time. time the only time i ever tried to jump a ditch that i can remember yeah that's right um oh remember earlier we were talking about your shirt and you said how it's spring and like, or it's getting hotter. So you like the white shirt and the ring tee, you like it because it's like cool. Whereas I am like in Texas and like the hottest part of the fucking universe sometimes. And I'm just still committed to wearing all black all the time. Yeah. And so like, stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it is. It's, it's a choice. So yesterday <laughs> I, I did a pop up market at, uh, 
Crash Brewery and Merge Studios, like in the parking lot. And I had like my pop up like tent thing, you know, and all that shit. But the sun was like coming brutal when it like moved and sh- like just hit everyone with sun that was outside. Yeah. And there, there were like, um, like a, a smattering of goth chicks outside just melting in the sun. I was like, no, this is not right. This sun can go fuck off right now. Yeah. I got sunburned on my shoulder tops and my ears, even though I had a hat on, was under a thing, uh, a tent. But the man, the, the sun just kept moving on us and it got so fucking hot. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't be wearing black, fucking idiot. Hey, man, I committed. This is what I wear, dude. I you suffer for. Uh, well, I do. They suffer for fashion. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Makes well, then don't, well, then don't sense. bitch about it. Then I'm bitch not bitching about it. About it. I'm, I was just, <laughs> I was just comparing that uh, that you know you you had said that uh, yeah, I get that, you. and I thought it was fun, but uh, you know, rest in power to Shock G. I just want to say. Oh, uh, the hump, I, the Humpty Hump guy, right? That's him. He, he is, but he's met so much more than that. Um, <laughs> He was that's, a, that's all I know him of. So he he was the leader of Digital Underground, which is a rap group. Uh, right, I, I, I know, I know that. I know and, that. Yeah. Uh, that was he, they, they were the ones who did the the song, the Humpty Dance Do the Chance. Yeah. that's all I know. That's, no, uh, yeah, he did that. Yes, you're <laughs> absolutely right, and a lot of people would know him from that. I, uh, he went he because he was on the second Tupac record or maybe the first official Tupac album. The one that I sent my brother in to buy when we mm-hmm. talked about our band right. music last week, right. stri- strictly for my N-words, there's a, a song on there called I Get Around that I know word for word and uh, Shock G has a whole verse on it and at the end of it he says, I'm Shock G, the one who put the satin on your panties. And then, and like as soon as I saw he was dead, I was just like fuck, who's going to put the satin on my panties? <laughs> oh man. Like that's the first thing I thought of. So I don't know. It sucks. You he was see, only like uh, fifty-one or something. Yeah, like, he was young. And uh, we we also lost uh, DMX as well. Rest in power. Uh, Arr- we lost Arr- him Arr- too. Lost yeah. dog. And he had that. He had that like that hilarious uh, funeral procession. You see that in the city I didn't where? See, he, yeah. What was it? What was it? It was like it was like it was a funeral procession. I think it was New York City. Um, where like they they were driving on the street with all the cars and instead of like a hearse he was in a like monster truck like a bigfoot truck was this like it's his true. dictated last will and testament and it I must have been yeah like I don't know yeah but this is true also... I'm making this I'm not making that up yeah no I didn't see this that sounds rad truck. yeah yeah were there like mo- like motorcycles around him and shit because he would have those like you know, know fucking crotch rockets in his videos and shit like i don't know i don't know I, I didn't pay that much attention to it i just saw the monster truck and those that thought that was amusing that is amusing that is amusing yeah um i want to be shot into space on a monster truck don't we all don't we all <clears throat> yeah i think we all do good i think that brings us to our first uh segment does it <laughs> well you know the Maybe it go, does. Before, shows before go we, long, so let's. I think we should get rolling. Oh, okay, okay. Before we do, I just want to do. I want to give a shout out to Shelly Rose Amelia in her 100th episode of the Lunch ah, Ladies yes. Yes. Book Club podcast. She was uh, uh, nice enough to have both uh, you and and mm-hmm. myself on, and we did a little, you know, uh, yeah, little she recorded bit. <clears throat> she re- she reviewed a couple of my books, and I uh, mm-hmm. really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, so she's great. So check. I just want to give her a shout out. It's 100 episodes. Uh, and uh, Lunch Ladies Book Club 
podcast. So now we can start our show. Oh, wait. I wanted to congratulate you on your 200th episode wow. uh, of, of, of your other podcast, which is not as cool as this one, but it's a good one. Uh, it's uh, John Wayne lied to you. You had you reached your 200th episode, right? I did. Thank you. Yeah, to, it came out. Uh, if you're listening to this, it comes. It came out earlier uh, the same week that this comes out. And thank you. Yes, John Wayne lied to you. It's just me talking, so it's you know. That's as cool why as that it's can not be. As, that's yeah. That's why it's not as good as this one. It doesn't have me. That's right. Um, it doesn't. But <laughs> what I do is every episode when I record it, I play you talking in my headphones, so it's like you're there for me. And so it's it's like one of those things where you're like, hey, you know, if you smile when you answer the phone, people know you're happy. It's like uh, if I'm listening to you talk when I record the podcast, it comes through and people know. OK, so. Well, that's good. It is good. So thank you. Well, congrats on your 200th episode. Thank you, sir. Congrats to us all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now all right. We're ready. Now we're ready. That brings us to our first segment, which is... Book! Book of the week. week. I think I hit that early, or maybe we were both on the same page there. No, it was fine. Yeah, Yeah, I usually say it first, but I like the way it worked out. It was okay. We are grooving. We are in the... See, like, we are like... It's all good. Yeah, it is all good, man. Yeah. D- DMX forever. Shout out. And DMX and, and Humpty Hump. Um, Humpty Hump. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this week, uh, I'm talking about a book that came out a, a couple years back. Uh, and I, I have read this book and I really like it. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up. Uh, but so it's not a recent title, but it is a good title that you should check out. This is a book called. What Good Girls Do, and it's by Jonathan Butcher, which is the coolest name for a horror writer you're ever going to hear. And uh, Jonathan's put out a lot of different stuff. He's, you know, he and I have appeared in different anthologies together. He's a cool dude. Uh, This book was put out by Sinister Horror Company, uh, and uh, it's a... uh, like I said, I read this a few years back, and it's a it's a very Jack Ketchum esque type of book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involves a young girl who is raised in captivity uh, to basically be a sex slave, and when the book starts, she finally manages to escape. And mm-hmm. so she's this is a girl who's never seen the world. Uh, she's never seen anything ex- except this this basement sepulcher that she's been brought up in. Uh, and so she's wow. she's this feral mad girl you know um and it's a really great great story about the, the horrors of that kind of abuse uh and it's a, a it's the type of thing that will definitely upset certain people but it's not exploitive of the of the the victim character who be who you know is like i was talking about it's not uh it's not shock just for the sake of shock it's actually making a really bold statement uh so anyway i'm going to read the back of the book here mm-hmm. She lives with no name. She has never left her room. All she has ever known is pain and abuse. Until now. Today she will breathe fresh air for the first time, feel sunshine against her skin, and even witness human kindness. But she has a point to make. 
a bleak, violent point. And when she meets her neighbor, Serenity, she finds the perfect pupil. Forced to endure a lesson distilled from a nightmarish existence, Serenity must face unflinching evil, witness the unspeakable, and question her most deeply held views, until at last she has no choice but to fight for her family's survival. So yeah, this is uh, What Good Girls cool. Do by Jonathan Butcher. Uh, it's a quick read, but it's a really intense read. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I highly recommend it if you're looking for a great indie horror novel that is uh, really brutal and really um, really upsetting in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's definitely one of the more extreme books I've ever read, and that's really saying something, because I am yeah. a... a, a a connoisseur of extreme. I am extreme. <laughs> I thought that. I am. I am. I. I yeah, no, I know. I know. I no, that's. that's I, I've uh, dedicated no. my life to that shit, you know. And so this is this is right on the shelf there, like with cows and Mister Suicide and uh, and Dread and the Beast. Like it's on that same shelf with like all of that. Like my most my prized collection of sick twisted books. Tampa, The End of Alice, books like that. Tampa, that goddamn book. Um, I love it. Uh, but I was gonna say, is it? Is it sim- is it similar to like the the woman in like the feral way that this this woman it, is in this book like that? No, 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 no. Well, no? yes, not exactly. No, because okay. like in the woman, the woman's like she's like an animal. She's yeah, feral that's... like an animal. Like she's lived out in the woods and everything her whole life. With this, it's it's a a woman who uh, was born and kept in a basement her entire life and just used as a sex slave her entire life. Jesus. And so, yeah, that the, yeah, so it's it's <clears throat> much, it's even darker than the woman. Yeah. Uh, and so, when she finally gets out, she's seen, she's never seen a tree, she's never seen the sun, she's never breathed fresh air, nothing, you know. But she is insane with fear because anyone, any human being she's ever come in contact with before has raped her and beat her for their own pleasure. And so, she when she gets out. And like she sees like a kid playing, she's like ah, and, like just kills the fucking kid because it's just like fuck you, like like she's so afraid, like she's gonna be killed and attacked and and beaten and raped by everything around her. So wow. she, in a sense, that is becomes, intense. Yeah, she becomes she's the monster in a sense, but at the same time, you you feel so deeply for her because she has been tortured and abused her whole life. So all she knows is fear, and her only yeah. reaction to any kind of stimuli is to attack and try to protect herself. Yeah. Crazy. yeah just so so uh not not for the faint of scrotum i would say no uh, no not not but, for the candy asses yeah but that sounds awesome that's if, if for for people who are into extreme horror especially yeah, uh, definitely sounds horror. interesting and definitely sounds in like one of those intense ones so yeah it's good uh, one. yeah yeah good good pool man thanks you're welcome all right so that brings us to our next segment doesn't it i think it does it does, and that's everybody's favorite, Ridiculous Reads! That's just ridiculous. Ridiculous Reads. <clears throat> Getting silly so- up in here. It gets silly sometimes, but sometimes you know it gets it gets sillier. Sometimes you know it's it's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder. It makes how me I keep wonder from going under. how I keep from going under. So I'm on ridiculous reads this week, 
And um, I just before I uh, as before we get into it, um, I just want to ask you one question, mm-hmm. and that is, do you feel lucky? No, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, do ya? Punk? Wow! This that's is the a, novelization nice. of Dirty Harry. That's really nice. The Clint Eastwood quintessential. After, well, I mean, one of them. I mean, you know, you got good, the bad, and the ugly, and all that fistful of dog. Dirty Harry's definitely up there, but, though. But Dirty yeah. Harry is one of them you should know for goddamn sure. And this yeah. is this is a straight up awesome. This novelization has got a picture of him on the fucking front with the gun, the forty-four uh, Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world that could blow your head clean off. Classic, classic. Um, so let me just like uh, this is um. Okay, let's just read the the thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Harry Callahan, a cop playing dirty on the trail of a sniper who kills by the stars. A novel by Philip Rock based on a screenplay by Harry Julian Fink and R.M. Fink and Dean Reisner. And Dean Reisner's name is much smaller, so I'm guessing he didn't put in as much money. I think um, John Frank was also involved. (laughs) Professor John Frank. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and he did. He ghost wrote it. And it says, Clint Eastwood is Dirty Harry. A El Paso Company production directed by Don Siegel for Warner Brothers. In the back... It, look, it's pieced together like a like a, a ransom note oh, right. from a yeah. movie where you cut out the words from well, magazines and shit. Because that's, that's what the killer does in it, the movie. It's, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. The Scorpio it's, killer. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it, it was inspired by the Zodiac killer, the story. Uh, you know, um, even though that killer, he's like more of a sniper. Like that's what that makes sense that it was that kind of pieced together, like words glued to a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, so let's uh, before I read the back, I just want to double check the date release of this book. Um, Nineteen seventy-one mm-hmm. was when this book was published. Mm-hmm. So the back of this book says, "To the city of San Francisco, I will enjoy killing one person every day until you pay me one hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If you agree, say so within forty-eight hours." In personal column, San Francisco Chronicle, and I will set up the meeting. If I do not hear from you, it will be my next pleasure to kill a Catholic priest or a N-word. Oh. And it's not, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't say N-word. It says the N-word. It doesn't right. say, it's not bleeped. It's not, uh, I mean, yeah, like that was the kind of shocking when I looked at the back and I was like, oh shit, when did this come out? Like, mm. So uh, interesting, but that is like because I w- I've watched this movie recently as well. So that that is what the note says too in the movie. You know, it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's intense, but uh, you know, the, like everybody knows Dirty Harry from that like you you feel lucky we do you punk like all that shit. And uh, I thought, what better than to uh, actually just uh, read that scene from this book? So I will right. Do that right now. Okay. <laughs> this all is right. uh, this is a, a scene. Uh, after you know the Scorpio killers, the, the thing first ones happened. You know, Dirty Harry's on the case, and then they're just fucking. They're watching this bank. It gets robbed. The alarm bells went off with a nerve tingling clang of sound, followed almost instantly by the deep muffled boom of a shotgun. Oh God, Harry said, 
He pushed off from the stool and ran into the street, dodged a taxi, and kept on going. He was halfway to the bank doors when they swung open and two men careened out. Each had airline flight bags in one hand and a gun in the other. The first one out the door was tall and lean, dressed in a well-cut suit and a black skinny-brim hat. He held a nickel-plated automatic that he waved in front of him like a baton. The other man was burlier and wore chino pants and a leather jacket. The sawed-off shotgun in his hand still smoked. Freeze, punks, Harry yelled. Both men skidded to a halt on the rain-slick pavement, the man with the shotgun slipping to one knee. The one with the automatic pivoted on his heels and snap-fired in Harry's direction, the shot going high, splitting the air like the crack of a bullwhip. Now, I like that. Yes, I was going to say, like, this... This this isn't badly written. No, like, it remi- it's, it's actually written pretty well. Yeah, so far, and uh, and that reminds me of like the uh, Scott Walker and Son uh, mm. album when they got the whip going. Right, Brando. Harry slapped the butt of the Magnum, and the big gun popped out of its holster and into his hand. He swung it in a short arc, holding the gun with both hands straight out in front of him, squeezing the trigger the instant the front sight came in line with the gunman's chest. The man spun on his feet, the shiny automatic flipping out of his hand like a silver coin. The shotgun exploded, and Harry felt a searing jolt of pain in his left leg, as though a dozen white-hot needles had been jammed into his thigh. He made a quick swinging movement with the magnum and fired twice, the shots following one another so rapidly they sounded like one report. The man with the shotgun catapulted backwards and lay still, a crumpled bloody bundle at the base of the bank doors. That seems like uh, un- an unintentional alliteration, kind of. Uh, uh, you know, I like that. I'm sorry, you, you froze. Oh. Can you repeat that? Oh, I said it sounds like that was like unintentional alliteration or maybe intentional. Mm-hmm. The bloody mm-hmm. bundle at the base of the bank doors. That's, uh, I, it has a nice sound to it. It does. It really. That, that, does. I mean, that is my favorite. Uh, my favorite Hootie and the Blowfish album. So bloody bundle, bloody bundle at the, the base door. of the bank doors. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, bloody bundle at the base doors. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and didn't the Jonas Brothers cover the title track on that? And then here's the next line. After you say bloody bundle at the base of the bank doors. Bastard. Harry breathed. <laughs> so, you know, you got that too. The high-pitched squeal of rubber burning against asphalt caused Harry to caused Harry to pivot toward the sound. The black sedan was careening out from the curb. The driver had both hands on the wheel, and his face was a pale taut mask behind the rain-streaked windshield. Harry brought the gun up and shot for the head, not aiming. Everything taking place too rapidly for that, just firing through blind instinct in a rage to destroy the thing that was bearing down on him. The heavy slugs slapped into the windshield, spraying glass and destroying the face behind it. The driver died with his foot on the accelerator, his body falling sideways across the seat, the wheel spinning out of his lifeless hands. The big sedan veered sharply toward the curb and slammed into the side of a parked car with a hideous crunch of glass and steel. And for a moment, there was silence, broken only by the gurgle of escaping water from the sedan's radiator and the labored breathing of Harry Callahan. Then another sound intruded a soft sound, barely audible, heard not so much by Harry's ears as by his brain. The sound of a man... Now that's... 
Now that's, no, okay. cop, that's a cop I, instinct I, thing, I think, is what they're trying to show us there, right? It was heard by his brain. Not so much his ears, but his brain. His brain heard it. And, uh, and that and that could open up a whole lot of because this is your brain not here anyway. I, I take I take back what I said about this yeah, being. I told you so. I said so I far. You. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. Th- another sound intruded. A soft sound, barely audible, heard not by so much as Harry's ears as by his brain. The sound of a man dragging his body across concrete. Harry whirled, gun leveled, freezing the movement of the lean gunmen on the sidewalk. The man had one hand pressed to his bleeding side, the other outstretched, fingers touching the handle of the shiny automatic. Harry's lips curled into a harsh smile. You been counting? The gunman stared at him, eyes glazed with hate. Harry took a step closer, the magnum not wavering. Well, Harry asked softly. Was it five or was it six? Regulations say five. Hammer down on an empty. Only not all of us go by the book. The gunman's face was waxy and sheened with sweat. His fingers still touched the handle of the automatic, but they were stiff as claws. What you have to do, Harry said, is think about it. I mean, this is a forty-four Magnum, and it'll turn your head into hash. Now... Do you think I fired five or six? And if five, do I keep a live one under the hammer? The man licked his lips, eyes riveted on the awesome weapon in Harry's fist. Remember when that one book, it said awesome breasts? That awesome. No, yeah, yes. Awesome breasts. It's like that. Uh, Harry grinned almost pleasantly. It's all up to you. Are you feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> In an anguish of indecision, the gunman stared at Harry, then he drew his hand back with the glacial slowness. Harry walked over to the sidewalk, pain lacing his thigh at every step, knelt beside the man, and picked up the automatic by the barrel. I I gotta know, mister, the man whispered hoarsely. Harry slowly raised the big black revolver and pressed the cold barrel to his right temple. He pulled the trigger and the hammer fell with a dull, metallic click. Six, and you lose, Harry said. The gunman nodded and turned his head away, closing his eyes to the cold, slanting rain. (laughs) One of the famous scenes that everyone thinks they know, but when I watched that for the first time, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. That's really how that scene went. So that's why I wanted to read it. Didn't quite go like the way the book's written, though, either. Uh, Yeah, but it didn't, but... I do like uh, the, I gotta know, mister, I gotta know. Well, that's in the movie. That's in the movie, too. Yeah. yeah I was that's... just saying that the book, like, it, it varied a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great example, though, of how, like, how action in a book doesn't have the same effect that it can have in a film. Uh, yeah. They're not. That isn't to say there aren't great action novels. Like there's so many great, like just David Morrell alone, it's incredible action novels. But, um, but you know, like you take that scene, and that scene works much better on film than it does uh, as text in a book. You know. Well, it is awesome. It is. It is awesome. Oh, no, that. Um, oh, also, uh, I watched Life Force as an update to our. Oh, nice. Ridiculous reads. 
Um, yeah, so I so liked you finished it. it? Yeah. It got slow. It got it got a little slow at points, which is understandable. It was an older movie. I understand that. But I was kind of like, God, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory a couple times? But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's just goofy and weird and bizarre. Pract- the but practical it, effects are awesome. Like they're really the body, good. When the bodies get all drained and they're like actual mm-hmm. pup- puppets or whatever, yeah. like they're actual yeah. things, you know? Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that a lot. So that was yeah. very cool. Yeah, the movie's just just so bizarre and weird. Bonkers, the, dude. The, the whole, yeah, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's, it's not nonstop, mm. like, like crazy action and gags but you know they're definitely like slower parts you know because it's like it's also like you know uh it's directed by hooper but it's also yeah. like you know a british horror film so it has that kind of feel it's a little stuffy in parts yeah, but dry. uh but my god is it it's crazy dude how about like when patrick uh, stewart is in it and mm-hmm. he's like possessed yeah. by the by the oh, space yeah. vampire they- and everything oh my god it's so funny but that and guy, like the one dude, is like yelling at him in his face, like, "Are you in there? Are you in?" Yeah. Like, it's just like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, is he is he like is he rebuking the spirits out? Like, what is going on? Is he gonna fucking yeah. the power of Christ compels you? Yeah, it's yeah, intense. Yeah. I don't want to like yeah, it's spoil like an, it, but yeah, it's like an exorcism in a way. Yeah, but it's but he's like it's a space vampire that possesses Patrick's okay so that that tells you how bananas the movie is right there did you ever think you would say that sentence in your life (laughs) there's a this is how it shows you how bananas the movie is there's a scene in the movie where a man is trying to exercise a space vampire out of Patrick Stewart so that I mean I, is that really all you should say? That should just that should be all it says on the poster I think that's how they pitched the movie they just walked in and they're like all right (laughs) I'm gonna say this: Space Vampire, Pat Patrick Stewart, Exorcism, boom. Yep. Write this man a check. Yep. You know that was it. Uh, yeah, How, it's uh, Howard. You've done it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. So if anybody wants to watch it, that's listening, uh, I I recommend that you do. I'm sure Chris, you recommend you watch it as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I wanted to bring up that I did watch it before I forgot. So yes, yeah. very good. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, what what was that? Wait, what did did I did I did just hear, hear something? Uh, I, I, I it sounds like ringing, like like a phone ringing. Oh, oh. oh. the Corey Hotline. Yeah, the Corey Hotline is here. And we have zero calls. No, anyway, we have calls. That. <laughs> we have calls. It'd be great, it'd be great though, if like, we did that whole, you know, the whole thing. Like, and, and we have like, no calls. So let's go to the next thing. <laughs> like the nerds on the, the episode of The Simpsons where like Homer goes to college. They check the answering machine. Like, you have zero messages. Mm-hmm. Whew. <laughs> Just like we're all relieved. Um, okay, so the Corey Hotline, uh, as you know or don't know, you can call us at any time. Uh, call me, call me anytime. The Corey Hotline, 832-930-1347. You can leave a message and ask uh, Chris and I questions about things and, uh, you know, uh, comments and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it's 24-7, 365. Mm-hmm. And it's a Corey. Uh, it's endorsed by both Corys, even the dead one, rest in power. So, yep. officially. So you can't disprove that. All right. All right. So uh, let's get into our first call. What do you say? What do you you say? Do it. God damn it. 
eight. Hey, Ken Wayne, it's Barb. Hi, Chris. I'm really enjoying your podcast. Hey, Barb. But I'll tell you what, I just got vaccinated, so I'm finally ungrounded, and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear you play live. When's John Wayne is dead? Next date. Yeah. Um, love you, John Wayne. Can't wait to see you. Take care. Hi, it's Christy Whiskey. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was like, wait, awesome. are we getting right into the next one? Or? <laughs> no, I think that she called uh, for uh, for Barb. Barb is uh, also a friend of mine, friend of Christy Whiskey. She she was uh, wanting to come out to some of the events here in Houston, but she was waiting to get fully vaccinated, and and it looks like that's what she's done. So now she can come out uh, to some events and feel comfortable. So I'm glad. Right. I can't wait to see Barb. Barb rules. Awesome. All Thank right. you for Thanks, calling Barb. in, Barb. Uh, I will see you. Uh, I don't uh, check my check johnwaysdead.com, the show's page. Uh, sorry to be like that. I can't remember when we're playing, but I'll come to your house and play. How about that? There you go. And uh, all right. Thank you, Barb. I love you. And I love you too, Christy. Um, next call. Hey, Chris and John Wayne. It's Phil. I just wanted to call to hear Chris's thoughts on the fact that Michael Keaton is going to be Batman again. Oh, yeah. He is confirmed for the stupid Flash movie. I'm sure it's going to be terrible. But Michael Keaton will be donning the Batman uniform once again. Fuck I'm yeah, dude. Chris, what do you think about that? Love you. Love you both. Have a great time. Later. I right. love you too, Phil. Love Phil you too. Carol. Oh, thanks, man. He, he did. Uh, still, you still look sexy, Phil. Nice, dude. <laughs> thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, actually, I've been stoked about this for a long time. Um, and in fact, it was like our third episode of the show if you go back and listen to uh episode three i think it was episode three it was uh batman versus the Corys was the name of it um and i, I talked at length about this about how excited i was that yeah. uh that like he was just in talks at the time but now he's confirmed michael keaton yeah. is going to be batman again in the flash film and it's not just like a quick cameo he actually has a significant role if they stick to uh, the Flashpoint the Flash Paradox. Point. Yeah. The Flashpoint Paradox, which is the graphic novel that this is apparently being based off of, which is a great graphic novel, great animated film. Yeah. Uh, but in that, if you want to be technically, like if I'm being a technical nerd, uh, mm -hmm. Keaton is actually going to be playing Thomas Wayne, mm -hmm. uh, be, uh, Bruce Wayne's father, because in this, in that reality, uh, Bruce Wayne is the one that was killed in the in the alley. The sun was shot. And Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker because um, she's, she goes so insane. Let me handle this. What? Tell me something. Why would a man with genius <laughs> yeah, yeah. at work on his shirt be so <laughs> about yeah, a yeah. children's cartoon? No. Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that is awesome. Uh, I, I am excited not... for this, too. But they might change it. It might be a little different than that. But that's what happens in the Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, Dare reality, they in that reality. Do you think that that the DC universe could afford to really fuck things up any more than they have with all their movies? Well, I mean, they, they, haven't, they, they, haven't, the, they haven't stopped yet. So, like, you know, like, why the Flashpoint would Paradox is a huge, huge story that it's, people yeah, know. It's, it's, the, it's the best. It's the only Flash story uh, you really need. It's a, it's a great story. 
Um, and yeah, I don't know how much they'll change it. I'm sure they'll change it around some, but, uh, I'll definitely go see it. Uh, I, like I've said before on the show, like I don't watch comic book movies anymore. I'm just kind of done, but you put Michael Keaton in a Batman suit, even if he's just popping in for a second, be like, Hey, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but you interrupted me. Yeah. Even <laughs> if that's all, even that's the whole thing where he just like pops in, he's like, Hey, I'm Michael Keaton's Batman, eat at Wendy's. Like I would, I would go, I would go see it and like, and then leave as soon as he was off, off screen. Uh, so yeah, I'll definitely, I'm definitely excited about that. And, and it's not confirmed, but there has been talks of uh, making Danny DeVito, the penguin in this as well in a small role um Jesus. so so yeah. have they started filming this at all are there like shots from the set or anything yet or costumes no, like, no, you can't no see nothing okay or anything like that right. but i wasn't I just but, I, but i will say in the flashpoint paradox if they uh if they stick to that like the thomas wayne batman is much darker mm-hmm. and, and more intense like he's got fucking red eyes red, he has like, red eyes yeah, yeah he's like full-on like murders motherfuckers yeah he's he's yeah really intense so uh but yeah yeah we'll see uh what i what i'm hoping for is if they do change it they make michael keaton's batman the main character and not have the flash in it at all and then bring and then bring in uh dan devito as the penguin and bring in michelle pfeiffer as catwoman and they just end up changing it to batman returns again and And then like the flash just just disappears at the at the beginning in the title sequence, like, and then he comes back in the credits and that's all the time. The flashes, that's how they justify calling it. No, they just call it Batman returns again. And they just get rid of the whole flash thing. Like, okay, I'll give you this. Like there'll be a kid in the background in one scene wearing a flash t-shirt for like a second. That's enough. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's enough. I'll take it. Uh, I will I will watch it as well, but I will probably go right to my television and watch it because all of these movies come on HBO Max now. Right. Uh, same time they go into theaters. I will which, get HBO Max just to watch this, and then which I it, quickly cancel it. Interestingly enough, though, like I just watched the Mortal Kombat movie on there because oh, it, oh, that was I'm a so, huge deal. I'm so sorry. It was fine. It was a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> it was. I mean, it did. It wasn't fucking winning any awards. It wasn't sucking my. You know, no. it was. It's not an Oscar contender. It's. It's not a good movie. No, but I didn't think it was going movie. to be. Of course, but the fights are awesome, movie. dude. The fights are pretty rad, and the effects like, uh, pretty right. gruesome, and I like that. So I, I it gave Mortal me what Kombat, I wanted. Mortal Kombat the movie is like, if if you like went into like a, a studio, and they were like, okay, we need a movie. That no matter what it's about, no matter what you put in it, it, it needs to be the like the most like the most like <laughs> like if like we need to be sure that Chris Triana will never want to see it in any possible way. And you go, well, we're gonna base it off a video game. Done and done. You're just you're done. You win. You're done. Like if a movie is based off a video game, I immediately know I have no reason to watch it. You that's know? fine yeah I, that's fine <laughs> it's not yeah it's just uh this one was just just even eye candy wise it's pretty cool yeah. so you could probably watch a super cut of all the the deaths and be fine you know with like a wasp care. song playing over it all right well yeah, then just go fuck care. yourself <laughs> fuck you no fuck no, you no fuck you yeah, i was just I, saying yeah, because it's a warner brothers one. like there's the flashpoint like, one sorry well there's another one that was hbo max recently it was uh um godzilla versus kong came out uh on hbo max and uh my my buddy greg was uh he he you know 
sign up for HBO Max just to watch that, you know. And, and Greg, I feel for you. I appreciate your child at heart. But Greg, you're an idiot because like he continues to like watch like he continues to get excited about Godzilla movies as if there has ever been a good one ever, ever, ever. I'm like, no, the old ones are fun because they're camp, you know, and you just laugh. It's a guy in a rubber, rubber suit stepping on buildings. That's fun. Now they're just a big CGI suck fest. And, and like, they make the same mistake every time. They're like, well, we got to have characters. Uh, so they, like, spend all this time on the human characters and developing them. And, like, then, like, you're waiting forever to see Godzilla smash it. It's like, we don't give a fuck. No one goes to a Godzilla King Kong movie being like, you know, I really hope to have well-developed characters that I can really relate to and care about before they get eaten by a giant monkey. No and one, current, no one and current social commentary, please. Yeah, yeah. Or, no uns, one yeah. fucking wants that. No one fucking no. wants that. You could literally start a Godzilla versus Kong movie with the animals just jumping out of the water and just start fighting, fighting two the hours, shit out of each two other. Two hours of them smashing the shit out of each other. Like that would be that would be better. That would be better. Instead of pretending it's a real movie. Instead of pretending like like we're gonna give a shit about these people, fuck that. Just have them destroy Tokyo or or, or California or anywhere. Just have them destroy anything. That's all you want. And so he's hilarious. He's like, you know, I got really pumped about it. And I'm like, you do this every time. You got pumped about the last Godzilla movie and the one before that. You get pumped up every time and they always suck. Like, why? Like, how many times do you have to learn the same fucking lesson? Of course it sucked. He's like, yeah, it wasn't good. No fucking shit, it wasn't good. How could a movie called Godzilla vs. Kong be good anyway? <laughs> like, it's, so, it's junk. It's a junk movie. So is Mortal Kombat. It's like, it's, it's, it's garbage. You didn't see the the Kong versus Godzilla movie, the new one? No, what did I just say? What did I just spend the last like couple minutes saying? Of course I didn't no, watch it. I, you were talking about Greg. I didn't uh, know if you had watched it as well. I didn't watch it either. The last one that came out, the Godzilla King of the Monsters or whatever, I watched it like when I was in like Kentucky at Scarefest and I was on acid and I had no idea what the fuck was going on in that movie and it was not because I was on acid. I was like, what is going on? There's no story. It was like just so convoluted. Um, and I was like, why don't they just have more monsters doing things? Right. So, yeah, there should be a just an all monster fuck fest or whatever, you know, movie. And yeah. that would be the way it is. I, I agree with you, dude. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I feel the same that. way about the Mortal Kombat thing where I'm just like, like, uh, like, of like, you know, people have been like, you know, fans of Mortal Kombat have been like, uh, it just wasn't that great. I'm like, of course it wasn't what great. What the fuck do you of want? It it's a Mortal great. Kombat movie. You're going to, people are going to not it's like it. It's a first fucking series. movie based off a video game where you just punch people and rip out their spine. Like, how, how could that ever be a good movie? Are you out well, of your it, mind? I mean, it actually does have a, a, a rich canon of, uh, tied together throughout all Shut these up. games, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It's a game we'll where you just punch. To... It's a game where, where you just you have people walk up and punch each other and hit each other with whips and shit. Of course, it's not going to be fodder for. Uh, it's not going to be fuel for some amazing movie. No, it's garbage. It's a garbage movie. Like for people to think that like these type of things are going to make great cinema or something. It's like no, you gotta just just fucking let it go and enjoy it. It's like these people. Like I really enjoyed um, Willy's Wonderland, you know, because as you know, I'm married to Nicolas Cage. I really enjoyed Willy's Wonderland a lot, but some people were just like, oh well, you know, it wasn't like, you know, like it could have been more of a complex story. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it, no, it's not. It's not fucking Mandy. It's not Color of Space. No, it's 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 a different thing. It's it's Nicolas Cage fighting evil Chuck E. Cheese robots. 
That's all it is. That's all it should be. Of course, it's not going to be like on some, you know, highbrow level. It's just you have to accept it for what it is. It's just it's nonsense. It's a popcorn movie. It's nonsense. You yeah, know? it's not gonna it's not gonna cure cancer. You have to take these things as they are. And it's, it's and, and it, it falls right. it falls under the why is anything anything? Like, you know, we mm-hmm. can argue we could fucking yes we could you know, yes this to death if we wanted to on a million different ways, but fuck that. Right. These are just you stupid can, movies. You can, you can enjoy a movie like that. You can enjoy yeah. a movie like Kong versus Godzilla. But to be but to be disappointed, to go into a, oh, to yeah, walk to be into a movie is dumb. Yeah, to walk into a movie called Mortal Kombat based off of the fucking video game and be like, oh, it just didn't have as well. Like, what are you out of your mind? Like, of course it's not good. It's just it's, it's just trash. Yeah. It's trash cinema. Yeah. It's the same thing with Willy's Wonderland. I happen to really like that movie, but it's it's just trash cinema. It's Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage just beating the shit out of satanic robots. That alone is awesome. That's yeah. that's awesome. You know, it's like yeah, but it doesn't make it some amazing movie. It's just fun, you know. Yeah, it's just fun. And some people it just like it that's the culture I feel like the hate culture uh not I mean the one where people are just like uh, any reason to just pile on and hate any anything that comes out whether it's music or a movie show but whatever it's just that that whole thing where it's like come on can you not just accept things as they are and let's just enjoy can we not just enjoy something as it is anyway that's a whole other show but let's get into our next call yeah, we did. It was about Batman. We went off on a real tangent oh, there. Oh, that's right. We, that's we right. Had, like, I almost forgot that we were even doing calls. Uh, yeah, that's point. right. Okay, Phil, thank you for that. Yes, I'm Thanks, excited Phil. for this Flash thing, and I want to see Batman uh, doing the thing, and Michael yeah. Keaton. So, all right, uh, this is our last call for this week. So, right. here we go. Hey, this is Tobias again, calling for the Chris and John Wayne podcast. Uh, so my question this week is about audiobooks. Uh, audiobooks are like my main way of consuming books. It's just easier, especially when you're busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, my question is like, do you guys have any favorites, like recommendations of like favorite audiobooks in general, or just like favorite narrators? Um, anyway, yeah. And then also, um, do you guys have any like future book, like audiobook releases that you could like tease or talk about? Anyway. That's it for this week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Tobias. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Good. good. Yeah, good to hear from you again, man. Uh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, after you. No, after you. I insist. Uh, I don't. I don't listen to audiobooks because I just can't focus uh, when I'm when someone's reading to me. I just can't do it. Uh, I I think that they're awesome. I think that they're uh, like narrators producers are are doing an amazing thing um and like a great reader a great narrator can really make or break an audiobook mm-hmm. um and i've i've worked with several people like Danny George has done a couple of my books and um Charles Carlenberg and they're great they're awesome but me personally when i'm trying when i sit and listen to an audiobook i i just kind of start to zone out and i don't pay attention uh, so I don't listen to them much, but a lot of people do. A lot of people really love them, um, mm. and uh, and I totally get it. Like you know, if you have a long commute or if you're able to listen to something while you're working, it's awesome. It's a great way to read, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't recommend any necessarily because I don't really listen to them. But I do. Uh, I but it's funny you mention this because I did just have a new audiobook come out. Um, Toxic Love now available as an audiobook. It just came out last week, so you all can check it out. So thanks for bringing it up because it gave me a reason to to pitch it. 
Toxic Love, now available as an audiobook. Cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I'll tell you this because uh, I have two sides of this because I have been narrating a lot of audiobooks lately uh, for Audible and stuff. But on the other side of that, I have subscribed and canceled to Audible probably, probably like four times. Uh-huh. And I currently don't have an Audible subscription because. I get pissed off at the narrators where I like you, you pick something and it's like, like you said, you said like a narrator can make or break the book. No. And the narrator does make or break the book when you're listening to it. Yeah. That's basically what I was saying. I I know. I was just reiterating. Like it's, it's an absolute, it's, it's, it's something that like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so many books that I, you know, because when I was working, you know, like, my the labor job all day i'm just like listening to shit so i'd be like okay what is this okay this is a good book i like this book it's gonna be like 19 hours cool this will and then you get it and it's like some fucking dry british guy with this fucking nose up his own ass reading and you're like i i this sounds like just no kate like no cadence just like right you can't pay attention you can't zone like tune in so i mm-hmm. there's very few audiobooks that i had that i was like yes i like this and what well one and one thing that really pissed me off audiobook wise was my favorite book of all time slaughterhouse five uh was narrated by um oh man his name just went away from me uh he's an actor fuck um he's in like anyway this actor <laughs> some, somebody's yelling at it i don't want to sit here and belabor it it just like left my dude i had it james franco i had it on uh, i had it james it just franco. went away because i was right. looking at your eyes and you were like who's fucking telling the story again so james franco like, nar- narrates the book and i was like well he's an actor surely it'll be good it was awful it was yeah. like i don't his decision his choice was like this nonchalant like i don't even care that i'm reading a book type of thing and it really pissed i wish i wouldn't punch him yeah. the whole time so but i can recommend actually you know who's an excellent narrator james vanderbeek from dawson's creek he did a couple of uh brady stanellis's books uh, well, i know Glam- you're you're a big fan of his anyway you've got and, those, yeah. post, those posters oh, and Kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Come on. I've got those ones where he's got his his shirt off and like the top button is unbuttoned. You know, hey. kind of like you <laughs> is know. Is there any other kind? Yeah. No, not it's not as far as I. But uh, no, he's actually an excellent narrator, and he did That's a couple cool. of Brady Stanellis books that I I I got that I liked. Now, yeah. for me, I've done some some books like that are out now. Mine's Sinkhole. I did Until the Sun by Chandler Morrison, and just recently Brats from Hell, uh, from Frank Edler came out. Mister Frank. And when I'm reading them, I'm just performing them, just like I would when I was in middle school and high school doing speech tournaments. So I'm yeah. doing voices and I'm doing all this kind of shit. No, you do uh, get into it. You do a good job. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I try to I, because I want to honor the work, mm-hmm. especially, you know, especially if it's not mine. If it's somebody else's, I'm like, OK, I want to interpret your art the way it's yeah. going to be for both of us. But also I want it to be good. I'm not, I don't want to just put out some shit because someone was like, hey, man, you want to read my book for me? And I'm like, sure. So I'm like. Hey, welcome. No, no, man. I want to do my best, yeah. and I want no. it to be entertaining. So I think like it, it's all about the narrator, man. It really, it absolutely is. is. Yeah. Um, when Danny George did, uh, she's read a couple of books of mine, audiobooks, but when she did Full Brutal, I was like, man, she captures mm-hmm. the voice of the main character perfectly. And when she does the co- the voices of some of the other characters, like Caitlin, uh, God, she did it so well. Um, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um. 
But yeah, when I say that I don't listen to audiobooks, it's mostly because it's it's not a fault of audiobooks as a concept, and it's not a fault of the readers. It's just my poor attention no. span. I, I like I'm just always daydreaming anyway, and I start to like zone out and I miss stuff. Um, I get it. No, I, I get that exactly. But not, there are, I don't think anybody's. But, but like at long trips, I've tried to listen to audiobooks, and sometimes I've been able to get into them if they're. Like, yeah, if it's if it's a comedic thing, like listening to George Carlin, like read some of his books, I can totally get into. But the serious stuff, it's just my mind wanders. It's nothing against audiobooks. It's just I'm yeah. always daydreaming. It's just the way my, my head works. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you'll hear these audiobooks and some of the, the people, they sound like they sound like they're fucking GPS. They're like, and then they did this thing and then they had to go over there. Let's turn left at albot avenue you know it's like <laughs> you know like it's, it sounds so robotic you know so like yeah when you get a good a good narrator really really sells it so uh but anyway the narrators i've had for my books i've really really liked uh and so yeah. uh, uh spencer does uh uh toxic love it's out now toxic check love. it check out it. yeah yeah check, and check out the ones uh that i have out as well but uh i also was gonna say like a humor you were saying a humorous one the one that i i listened to on while i was driving with nick that was really awesome was called uh call me god and it was the story like the dc sniper case and uh so it's like a hilarious crime book no 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 i'm not saying like you were (laughs) saying saying funny and i'm saying like also like the true like the documentary style ones but because this one had like some production to it where they played music and you know kind of they they use different voices for the people like it was it was cool and it was like telling you about the dc sniper case which is like really interesting i thought um as well uh but but yeah it just uh, uh, just depends on that man so it's uh it's a different thing so i don't know man so tobias it it really depends on the the narrator and how much you can pay attention because i agree with you chris sometimes i can't pay attention to do a book i don't care if uh you know it could be an awesome book but like who's reading someone, it yeah someone else reading it to me it's like like even like like I, I just have problems with concentration anyway like the older i get it, the worse it gets i'll be reading a book i'll be totally interested in it my mind starts to wander and i'm like oh shit i gotta go back and read this page i just zoned out but if it's an audiobook i'm like ah i gotta try to rewind it and all that shit like it's just much more complicated but anyway uh so yeah uh thanks for calling tobias yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with a lot of people consume audiobooks exclusively, no, and that's no. and that's fantastic. And I also want to say like there's something that Alexa does that she'll read the books to you and learn your the speech patterns and cadence uh, if she reads enough books to you, where it sounds like a, a, a like a person is reading the book to you. Yeah. So that's like if you you yeah, it's really creepy, but it is a <laughs> thing. Like that's how Nick reads everything. He has Alexa read it to him. And it sounds yeah, my, like a my, person is reading. So, like, yeah, that's another yeah. thing. So, no, my, my, my friend Emily is like that. She's just, she reads a lot of books, but almost all of it is, is audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Like, some people really like that, and it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. Awesome. So, you Thanks. Know, you know what else okay. is great? You know what else is great is our, is our topic for the week. Okay, well, uh, let's just, you know, you can call the Corey hotline at 832-930-1347. And I, we all appreciate your questions. Uh, these are all great calls. But we do need to get into our topic, I think. We do. We do. It's time. It is time. It's time. That brings us to our topic, then, which is... One, two, three, four!
Band films. Band films, that's right. Banned and controversial films. So not all of these on the list will be films that were banned, but they're films that were very controversial and had different uh, issues where they had to be trimmed and edited and given weird ratings, all that kind of shit. Censored in some way or another. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Last week we did banned music. This week we're doing banned uh, cinema. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let, let's get right into it. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to begin at the beginning? Uh, I mean, the, in the beginning, uh, yeah, cinema. well, I wanted to go through uh, and, you know, again, we're not going to do a complete list of every fucking movie no. that was ever banned. No. I just I took a bunch of notes on this and wanted to talk about ones that I thought were banned for interesting reasons. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we can kind of go from there. But I did want to go somewhat chronologically and talk about, you know, cinema and the first you know, just starting with like the first movies that really caused an uproar and mm-hmm. then moving progressively, exponentially forward. Um, so the fir- when I was looking uh, through this, uh, because, of course, I know a, a good deal about, uh, you know, banned films, censor films, because I hunt them down. Like, you know, when someone tells me, oh, this is so fucked up, they had to edit it, they had to do this. I'm like, well, I need to see it. I need like I've always been that way. Yeah. Um, but. <clears throat> When I was looking it up out of my own curiosity, like in preparation for this show, I was wondering, I was like, what's the first, you know, in America, you know, because like, again, every country is different. There are some movies that we've had in the States for decades that are still banned in certain countries, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still banned in some countries, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I was like, well, I was like wondering, like, you know, what was probably the, what was the first one that caused real uproar? And it's a movie that I didn't already know that I did already know about, but it was I was surprised that it was the first one that came up. Uh, and that's a movie called uh, The Birth of a Nation. Mm. Are, you, are you familiar with this movie, John? Wick? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Birth of a Nation. Go ahead. Oh, no, nothing. Go ahead. You do it. Take it. Birth of a Nation uh, came out in 1915. Uh, so it was a, a while ago. Yeah. Uh, the movie, uh, uh, oddly enough, it became controversial because it valorizes the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> um, Very problematic. Uh, yeah. Even, yeah. I can't even see it not being problematic back then, but uh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. This is... <laughs> This is uh, D.W. Griffith's landmark three-hour epic, uh, The Birth of a Nation, uh, and it was controversial for its racism even in 1915. Yeah. Okay? Nineteen fifty. Even in 1915, people are like, whoa, this is a bit much. So you can get an idea of how fucked this movie is. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, it became a huge nationwide hit anyway. Uh, and it was even screened at the White House. Um, this movie, it's okay. So it's set. It's set around the Civil War, and what it does is the is it glamorizes the rise of the KKK, uh, who, according to the film, restored order during the Reconstruction era in the American South. Uh, now, mind you, this this movie comes out decades. It was decades after people were like, wow, the Ku Klux Klan is fucked up and they need to be disbanded and they suck. President Grant, decades earlier, prosecuted members of the KKK for their crimes. Okay. Right. And then and then this and then this fucking thing's come out comes out 
as a big stroke job for the American South. And of course, you know, African-American groups protested the film, but that didn't stop it from becoming an enormous success. Uh, it was the first true Hollywood epic. Uh, you know, it was the first movie that was just like this big sprawling movie. It was yeah. kind of like, yeah. it was kind of, <laughs> No, it was it was the first epic in that it was a really long movie and that and like it had a lot of um, artistic innovations as far as the filmmaking goes. Um, but yeah, so it was like this really long epic movie, kind of like you know Avengers Endgame, only really racist. Uh, that's pretty like what it was. Racist <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. But here's the here's where it gets really crazy is this film notoriously inspired the revival of the KKK as an extremist white supremacist group like what? this. It did. It did. Like like I was saying, the Ku Klux Klan was kind of like broken up by this point And like, you know, where there people were being prosecuted for it, whatever this fucking movie, Birth of a Nation. Because it glamorized the KKK and it valorized them like it brought back. It brought it back in popularity. People saw this movie. They were like, "Yeah, the KKK were awesome. We need to get back together and do it again." And that's what happened. They like it helped revive the KKK. You know, no, uh, and for for his part, the director uh, Griffith he claimed that he wasn't racist, but in the film, the film has white actors in blackface oh, no. behaving behaving as these broad, hypersexualized caricatures of black men. Uh, mm. And and then that's on top of the fact that it makes the KKK heroes in the fucking movies. So, yeah. So that movie. Yeah, that that should go back in the vault uh, forever. <laughs> yeah, like this is one. This is one of the few examples on the list where I'm like, yeah, okay, I understand why that was banned. It should have been banned. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, uh, did you have anything you wanted to add on that movie? <laughs> No, you, uh, yeah, you hit all the things. When you said, like, Avengers Endgame, but racist, I think that's really all you had to say. Like, that, they should have put that on the poster right. for that movie, you know? No, it, but that's, like, how b far back it went. And like you said, I think it's it's important to note that even in 1915, this movie was problematic. It was not like, hey, here's a KKK movie. Like, it was like, what the fuck, even then? Right, so, right. And it's, it's like... Decades earlier, our, our President Grant, you know, prosecuted yeah. the KKK, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, but like, yeah, people were definitely still racist in, in, in 1915, but people were like, whoa, 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 just hanging and burning people. No, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. so, uh, so that does bring me to it, to uh, our next one, which is also has birth in the title, but it's a totally mm -hmm. different movie and was banned for totally different stupid reasons uh yeah. in 1917 uh there was an american film called birth control mm -hmm. and this was produced and also starred a woman named margaret sanger uh the movie was banned with the new york court of appeals holding that a film on a film any film that was about family planning which this movie was birth control uh, may be censored, and this is, I quote, in the interest of morality, decency, and public safety and welfare. So this movie was considered filth and scandalous because it talked about family planning, talked about birth control, you know, like that was considered dangerous to public safety and welfare <laughs> and immoral, immoral yeah. that someone would try to, you know, not have a baby when they were fucking. 
Yeah. yeah, and that and that actually like kind of also runs parallel to something in our last show about music. You know, the the Loretta Lynn song, "The Pill," which was yeah. about birth control as well and family planning, and it was like just oh, so so scandalous. Right. Uh, but well, but this is this is sixty years before that song. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it was but even it, more extreme, like you know, at the time. But even now, today, I mean, I I birth control is always getting fucked with by government and states to state and all kinds of bullshit like that, that women have to put up with on that. So it's like, Hey, this is like over a hundred years ago and it doesn't seem like we've progressed much, honestly, uh, on that front. So it sucks. So that movie can be fine. And everyone that hates it can eat piss up a rope. No, that, that, that movie was probably the boldest movie of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, we got attacked for it. Yeah. Um, so there were other stuff that there were other things that like came around, like there was a, I, I you know, and like, I, I was trying to look for the name of it. Cause I remember reading a, a while ago about this, but then I couldn't, I couldn't remember the name and I was trying to look for it and I couldn't find it. Uh, but there was a Laurel and Hardy movie, uh, in the 1920s where there was a scene where there, there's nothing sexual going on at all, of course, where Laurel and Hardy were in a room and they're talking to this woman and they all sat down to talk and they were, they all sat on a bed. They sat on the same bed. And that was, that alone was so scandalous that they, they banned it. They weren't even doing anything. They weren't even trying to fuck her or anything like that. I, I, you know, like they were just like sitting on a bed talking. Um, and that to the, that, you know, that for the time was like, Oh, that alludes to, you know, sex and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, so isn't that why, like, sitcoms, like, had to have, uh, you know, the people in separate beds when they showed couples? Yeah, that was that was another, yeah, that was another thing. That was, uh, yeah, even if it was a married couple, like, it showed them sleeping in two separate beds. It's so fucking absurd. Because um, they didn't want to allude to anything sexual. And it's like, the, even if the couple was married. Yeah, they're um, married with children. What, yeah. What are uh, they, yeah, where? but in this fucking thing, like, this is Laurel Hardy, they, like, they just happened to sit down while they were talking. They were like on a bed, you know, and that was too much. Um, but then, uh, you know, going forward a little, a little bit in time, uh, another one that that was interesting is uh, Scarface from 1932, the original Scarface. Uh, it was banned in five states and several cities because of quote a glorification of crime. Yeah. Do yeah. You want to skate? You want to skate right over Haxon? I think people would. We can talk about Haxon. You can get. That. You can mention Haxon. Yeah, because yeah. that that was like a sexual, uh, and uh, demonology, demonology kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cool ass movie. I I actually watched it for the first time on uh, on the road sometime last year, uh, with Nick. Like, and I, he put it on. He's like, "This movie's over a hundred years old. Watch this." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I'm trying to sleep." But then, of course, I could not sleep because it was amazing, and uh, it's a silent film, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, it's it. But it's like you watch this movie that's from the twenties, and you're like, "This, how the fuck did they do?" It's so visually awesomely stunning. But yeah, it had like torture, nudity, witchcraft, satanicness, and yeah, so it was yeah. it was banned uh, as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, that that's uh, that was a. Uh... That was a foreign movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe it's German. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, feel free to jump in with other ones like 
because, like, again, like, we could go, it would go on forever if we list every single fucking movie, so yeah. every one of them on my list, but yeah, that's... No, def- no, I just, I didn't want to miss that one, for sure, Sure. I know a lot yeah. of people that list, like, horror people are going to be like, what about Hexen, dude? Yeah. So, ha- and Hexen Rules, if you haven't seen it, it's on Prime right now, too, so you can watch it on that, uh, yeah. Very if cool. you have it. Definitely it watch it. But yeah, but the original Scarface, go ahead. Yeah, also glorified crime. Right. What right. is our whole culture right now glorifies crime? Right, right. And yeah, like, and people were like, people were obsessed with gangsters at that at that time period. You know, like gangsters sold newspapers, you know, Al Capone mm-hmm. and all that shit. Uh, but then they make a movie out of it and it's just like, oh, you know, like they have a fucking problem. It's like, give me a fucking break. You know, it's kind of like like the shit that we deal with as horror writers or horror fans, where it's like, you know, everyone loves it when there's a new Ted Bundy documentary on Netflix, but you tell someone that you watch horror movies and they're just like, oh, you must be weird. I'm like, motherfucker, you sit there and you watch, you know, Forensic Files on a marathon, you know, like, you love that true crime shit, but I, Are you I write... To me? No, I'm talking about oh. regular people. I'm talking about, like, yeah. normal people who are like... You know, it's it's totally acceptable to be totally into true crime and to watch ID Channel like nonstop, uh, and I don't have a problem with any of that. But that like someone who does that will look at, at a horror fan who's into like you know Michael Myers and Jason stuff and be like, oh, you're into that stuff. It's like fuck you, that stuff is fake. No one got killed, okay? Like you're watching actual crimes where you're you're being entertained by people's suffering, and it's mm-hmm. like, and you're gonna sit here and judge me? Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering. So anyway. Hey, I, I didn't say you. I, but I see her. I see. I'm fucking with you. I see uh, the royal you. Uh, yeah. Royal me. Um, so I was going to fast forward a little bit to the 1940s because this is an interesting one. Okay. Um, in, uh, in 46, uh, there, was a, there was a film called The Scarlet Street. Uh, which uh, with uh, Edward J. Robinson, hey? mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, uh, they make this movie, and it's kind of like a noir tragedy film, which was kind of a popular theme of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in January '46, the New York State Censor Board banned Scarlet Street entirely, relying on the statute that gave it power to censor films that were obscene, indecent, immoral, inhuman, sacrilegious, or whose exhibition would tend to corrupt morals or incite to crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my notes it says, as if in a chain reaction, one week later the Motion Picture Commission for the city of Milwaukee also banned the film as part of the new policy encouraged by police for stricter regulation of undesirable films. Uh, and it goes it goes on for more, but basically this, this film, it was just like, well, this is promoting crime. This is anti-cop and these characters, right. they don't, they don't get enough punishment and blah, blah, blah. Uh, on February 3rd, uh, you know, so this is just like less than a month later, uh, Christina Smith, the city censor of Atlanta argued that because of the sordid life it portrayed, the treatment of illicit love. The failure of the characters to receive orthodox punishment from the police, and because the picture would tend to weaken a respect or weaken a respect for the law, uh, Scarlet Street was uh, profane, obscure, and contrary to the good order of the community. And so, like, wow. yeah, it's like it's a movie about criminals, and so therefore. Like it's it, it was enormously attacked. Um, Universal Studios was discouraged from challenging the constitutionality of the censors by the protests of the national religious groups that arose as the Atlanta case went to court. <laughs> so, like, absolutely bananas. Like, and you it want- is it is bananas because you're like, what, what, where does 
free freedom of speech and and what what is this like who's making movie. these decisions that you watch the movie you know, and you're like you'll be amazed you're like what it's yeah. what but it's just like there's the fact that oh the main characters quote unquote protagonists were bad people you know mm-hmm. and and like you know they were were you know criminals and they had sex and you know stuff like that it was just way too scandalous people went fucking nuts right uh over that movie so that's definitely one of the ones i wanted to bring up because of all that information i gathered on it i was like this is crazy you know yeah yeah absolutely that is yeah. uh nuts and that's a big one too like it is yeah that was a big so. one yeah um another one from the 40s uh, this one was uh, actually a year earlier. Um, this was uh, there's a movie called Brewster's Millions. I was just and... about to bring that up because oh, yeah. I love the remake of that movie, which the, the which Richard stars Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah. Right. And the reason this was Bruce, the original Brewster's Millions was banned was because his his black uh, servant was treated too well or show like showing yeah. special treatment in the movie. So they're like Memphis, Tennessee is like, well, we can't have that being yep. shown here. So they banned it. And Tennessee had like a weird, one of those weird laws, like the Milwaukee thing you were just talking about where they were like cracked down, like just there, like Memphis had, or Tennessee had some weird yeah. laws about yeah. cracking down on movies for a while that went yeah. on. But yeah. And yeah, this it, is, it, yeah, this is the this is the original Brewster's Millions made in 1945, uh, and yeah, John, you're absolutely right. Like people got mad, or at least in Tennessee, they got mad that the that the servant character, Brewster's servant, who was black and Brewster was white in this version, uh, was a little too quote unquote familiar. That he was too comfortable, and that they and that he and Brewster were too friendly, and they didn't like that. They didn't like that. They were just like, oh, it it it, it makes them seem almost like equals, and it's like fuck you, you know. But that's really what was the problem was, and so it was banned for that. Yeah, insane. It, it really, nuts. really insane. Yeah, uh, but man, I really like the Richard Pryor one. I don't know oh, if you like too. that movie. Oh, I, I love, I love that movie. Oh, great movie. Uh, great it's movie. so good. And it's it's also it's it's great that they were they were able to kind of like flip the whole race thing. Yeah, and make Brewster black. black. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, very good movie. Uh, I think it does maybe have some problematic elements if you viewed it in today's culture, but still a hilarious. Dude, anything that and... was made, anything that was made more than five years ago is problematic in this fucking culture that we have now. Okay, everyone has a problem with everything. Yeah. Um, well, just given like you want to get it, you want to get to one that the Richard Pryor movie that people will really freak out is like the toy. You ever see the toy? Yeah, I love the toy as well. I love that movie, but you like, it, you, but you, it's you like imagine? slavery. Like it's it's got some weird parallels that run to it. Yeah, like the, yeah. The, he's he's basically he's purchased to be a toy for this rich this, uh, this Southerner's kid. kid. Like the fucking Jackie Gleason's character, he has a rebel flag up in his fucking mansion and everything. It's, yeah, it's got some problems. But, but I, I watched addresses. that movie a hundred thousand times as a kid. Me too. Love I it. loved it. Loved it. I still love it. And I mean, they, excuse me, they address racism in the movie too. But mm-hmm. you know, like these days, people just, you know, all they would do is bitch because they just want a reason to bitch. Yeah. Um. Anyway, going back, uh, another racist one. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of racist, uh, Song yeah. of the South, the Disney uh, movie. Put it back in the keep it in the vault <laughs> from from nineteen forty six. Yeah. Um, oh, this is this is another one where well, Song of the South is uh, 
was innovative in that it was one of those early films where it was like you had live action and animation together. So it's kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, only racist. Uh, <laughs> um, Dude, you should be writing the tagline for these movies. I should, I'm telling I should, you, man. I should. Um, and it's, yeah, because like it's like you know this, it's this this and like it doesn't necessarily say that he's a slave like it's, it could be that he's a servant it, it doesn't really give you the time frame but either way it's bad uh because he's <laughs> the main character i don't remember his name but he's like a black man he's like i'm just so happy to, to be helping people and, you know like yeah, he's like anytime you bring out that this, voice it's gonna be bad. yeah yeah he's, <laughs> he's that like he has that over exaggerated louis armstrong like like that racist frog from the wb network you know like it's like he's like that, you know. I and mean, he has these friends who are like a little, like a little bird and a little rabbit, and they live out in the cotton fields, you know. So it's fucking racist as hell. Uh, and you know, this is during like the Jim Crow era, and like you know, people were pissed because it was like you're whitewashing the whole era of like slavery and black servitude. Uh, and so uh, we all have Disney to thank for that movie, by the way. <laughs> it's a Disney film. Thanks, Disney. And and Disney. Um, Disney did uh, pull it. It's been in the vaults forever. But uh, I remember seeing not the. F I don't think it was the full movie because they pulled it long before that. But being a kid, like you know, late seventies, early eighties, I remember there would be like Disney specials where they would have like clips of their movies and they would play the more innocent scenes from the movie. Uh, yeah, like absolutely. All, all you you wouldn't see the whole thing. You would just see hit like a black guy in a field with with animated rabbits singing zippity doo da zippity like I was going to say didn't play that whole thing. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket come from that movie? That I, character? Maybe. I don't no. Know. Maybe. I thought maybe maybe I'm maybe I could be mistaken, but I thought maybe Anyways, in Pinocchio, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not very well schooled on Disney. Even as a kid, yeah. I wasn't into Disney. But I do well, remember the those clips of Song of the South when I was growing up and seeing it. And now you will not see even the clips. Oh, like they, you can't. They that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you search it, the FBI will come and knock on your door. Yeah. Uh, also, when I went to Disney World, when I was. Uh, like and this is like the '80s. They still had like some Song of the South stuff at Disney World. They don't Damn. now. They like destroyed oh. it. But they, these, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, it wasn't like a guy in blackface taking pictures with you. It was just like the rabbit, like the rabbit character, and like you know some of the other little little guys running around. Could uh, you imagine a mascot with the big? Oh God, I can't I, I can actually. I can. Oh Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that belongs in the vault. Anyway, moving on. Moving uh, on. There, there was uh, another Disney one, uh, mm -hmm. and this is uh, like where a song of the South should be banned. This one shouldn't. It just goes to show you how ridiculous people are. Uh, this one, this is moving forward to 1956, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a documentary called "The Vanishing Prairie," and the, this documentary was made by Walt Disney, and it was banned in New York because it showed a buffalo giving birth. Uh, and the band well, that was horned up that sexed up a lot of those those New Yorkers. They got all horned up over it. And well, you know. yeah, like, you know, there were there are many uh, bison in New York who got upset and were like, I don't need my kids to see this. Mm -hmm. uh, but the ban was lifted after a complaint by the American Civil Liberties Union. But it's just so funny 
that there was a ban on this. It's because it showed a buffalo giving birth. It's like, really? Come on. This is this yeah. is nature. It's a nature documentary. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want the stork to fly overhead and drop the fucking bison into the field you fucking religious prudes you stupid motherfuckers like well dude i mean to be fair this was before giuliani cleaned up you know times square so uh that's you could true. watch got, you could watch buffaloes giving birth all over the place that's that's the point. thing that's what giuliani really did is he got all the bison out of new york yeah uh yeah that, that was a that was definitely huge I mean, yeah, talk about ridiculous. Like, yeah. all of this is ridiculous, but you like, that's like, what is wrong with you now? Like, why? Like, oh, that's why I made the arousal joke because somebody like got a boner from that. And, like, well, we can't show it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, there were, uh, there, obviously, there are many, many other films, and we're not going to cover all of them. Um, no. So I'm sure there's people listening, like, well, you forget this. Fuck you. Make your own podcast. Okay. Do your own show about it. We're picking the ones that we write want. it in a letter and then send it to us. No, don't write Care it. Care of write in a your ass. <laughs> write a letter and stick it right up your ass. Exactly. Because uh, I was going to get into the 60s. But first, do you have any other ones from like 40s, 50s you wanted to bring up? Um, no, 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 no. We touched on the ones that I okay. I did want to I want to talk about uh, right, specifically. Right. So, yes, we can move on. Cool. Um so the one I wanted to bring up from the '60s, and there were definitely a lot of '60s stuff that pushed the, the pushed the envelope, pushed the buttons of the prudes. A lot of uh, stuff but, going on in the '60s as well. It's yeah, there was a few things going on. I think there was a war, and a bunch of hippies got naked and listened to Jimi Hendrix. A couple of things happened in the '60s. Oh, uh, the most important thing that happened in the '60s was the uh, Adam West Batman show. That was the that was the most important thing to come out of that whole decade. But the only thing I can remember. But yeah, right. Um, I wasn't born, but I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, a little movie that's true to our hearts uh, was was a big deal that when it comes to movie censorship. And that's a film called Midnight Cowboy. Oh, uh, yeah. This is when. Oh, yes. Uh, this yeah. is when we're talking about the NC seventeen rating. Are we not? No, not yet. No, not yet. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun no, on no. that. I thought no. that was when we. But uh, yeah, Midnight recent... Cowboy. The reason this is this is uh, important to bring up is this is the only film that that it w- became Best Picture, Academy Award Best Picture, the but rated X, the only one in history, mm-hmm. and it was it was rated X because there was no uh, NC seventeen rating, there was no A rating. Uh, they rated this movie X, and the reason it's rated X, um, you know, because it's about you know John Voight plays a gigolo and everything, but there's not yeah, explicit. But- but there's not explicit sex in it. You don't see. No. There's not a lot of nudity or anything like that. No, not um, at all. No, no. And there, there is a scene. There is a flashback scene of rape, but that wasn't what got it the X rating. What got it the X rating is there's a scene where John Voight allows a guy to blow him in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't see anything. You just you just see the guy's head go down off scuff camera, and you know he's blowing him. That was the thing that got an X rating because it was a gay sex scene in a film. Mm. That's what got it the X rating was that blowjob. That's an awesome movie, though. Uh, oh. I, I really like that. No, movie. saying I'm not saying otherwise. That is no. Really I, I just want to put it out like people. If you haven't seen like that, you should definitely see it. But yeah, it's 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 weird. Like that, the allude. That's just alluding to. Yeah, sex. you don't see anything. You, you don't see, see nothing. You, you could know suggest that 
I mean, the filmmaker come back and say like, yeah, he got down and he was doing push-ups or he was picking gummy no. bears off of the floor. <laughs> no, no, you no. know, you know like, that's you know exactly what's happening in the scene. Exactly, but you, exactly. But it's not graphic in any way. But it, the the reason it got that rating is because gay sex was way too much. Yeah. For for R, it had to go. So. What? what can you see me? Yeah, I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think like, do you think that it's because like people look at it like some like the powers that be look at that and it makes they're like, oh, it's it's gay sex dick suck thing, and that makes me think naughty things, and therefore that's wrong <laughs> like, now. So we have to ban it. Yeah, they well, they they just you know they they figured they thought it was obscene. They thought it was obscene to suggest gay sex. This was 1969. Mm. People weren't that open-minded, you know? Um, so, but yeah, because of oh, yeah. that. That sucks. It's like fucking, that's such an awesome movie. We watched yeah. it together, part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, it's a great movie uh, and a, a good book. Um, but it's uh, it, it that's why it got the X rating. And it's just interesting. It's the only movie in history that was rated X and got Best Picture. So it was yeah. a very beloved movie. It was very popular. Uh, but that that was too much for the censors. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of years later, 1972, a movie comes along that makes Midnight, Midnight Cowboy look like Sleeping Beauty. Uh, mm -hmm. And this movie was so fucking intense that it was banned in America for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And that's a little film called Pink Flibingos. Yeah. The John Waters film *Plink Flamingo*, starring the great Divine. Mm -hmm. uh, that that movie came out in 1972. It wasn't a, it wasn't legal to watch in this, in this country until 1997. Mm -hmm. That's the year I graduated from high school. Well, that, how self indulgent of you to add that. Um, it but... was a celebratory <laughs> year. I graduated. You could watch *Pink Flamingos* legally. You know. No, you could. Uh, but that's kind of that's fucking nuts, right? It is uh, nuts, like, dude. But then, ha like, have you seen Pink Flamingos? Though, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh Jesus! But I know a lot about it. Well, once you watch it, you'll see why it was banned. Because even by today's standards, that movie is fucking gross <laughs> and really graphic. Yeah, um, you're like the sex scenes are not simulated in the movie. It's not a nice. porn film, but like the sex scenes are full on sex scenes. Uh, there's also like some some brutal um, brutal cheap treatment of chickens in the movie, uh, and then of course there's the infamous scene where Divine eats like the dog. Yeah. eats dog shit, and like yeah. the, there's no, like the camera does not cut away. It's like it zooms right in. The dog's taking a shit. She eats it. It's like it's not fake. It's a real uh, fucking thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, the I movie is that. fucking disgusting. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's like it's a struggle to get through, even for sickos, you know. Um, so I can understand why it was bad. I don't I don't agree with it. I don't think anything should be bad. But, no, no, yeah. But uh, well, I mean, you know, not I won't say anything, but that shouldn't have been banned. But it's really vile. Like even by today's standards, like people go, "Oh, a Serbian film." I'm like, "Nah, I can watch that." But Pink Flamingos, get that shit out of my face. It makes me want to throw up. <laughs> so fucking gross, you know? Yeah, eating uh, shit. It's like two yeah. girls, one cup. You know, that's you gotta you gotta get through yeah. that. Though, yeah, which yeah. I did. No, you don't. Times. You don't. Hundred times. 
Well, yeah, I know you enjoy that, but uh, Joanna, don't look it up. It's too late. Uh, I, I, I've she never looked, watched. Oh, she looked that thing. one up. I've never watched that thing uh, because you before I, you die. I don't want to. No, I know what it is. You watch this. You already watched Shit Eating. You, you're Don't don't even compare Two Girls One Cup to Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos. I'm not. I'm just saying. Pink Flamingos is an artistic masterpiece. In this, it's like the ultimate trash film. Is Pink Flamingos? It's gross and disgusting. I don't want to like sit back and watch it all the time. But it's I really appreciate it for what it is because John Waters is a brilliant filmmaker and he went on to do lots of films that really uh, broke the boundaries. But he wanted to make the ultimate trash film and he succeeded. Uh, and this was, you know, this is before you had, you know, like some of this like grindhouse stuff that we have now before Tarantino and all that stuff. He had these characters who were like criminals who were. Uh, you know, blown up by the press and made into celebrities. Like, you know, it's a really cool movie. You should watch it. Uh, but yeah, I've seen his fact, other stuff. I don't know why I just like, missed that one and just heard all about it. Like, I know about yeah. the dog eat dog shit eating and all that stuff. Well, his other movies are much more are, are great and crazy and dirty, but they're much more tame to the, the stuff that he did like in the seventies. Like, Flamingos, a uh, female trouble is another one. Those mm. movies that he did back then, like, were completely renegade, off the wall, crazy movies. Uh, the right. stuff he does now is still awesome, but it's nowhere near as uh, as much of an assault on the senses as his early stuff was. Um, uh, excuse me. So, yeah, yeah. But that was on the underground uh, circuit. Those were indie films. Mm-hmm. But also in '72, this is when we start to see. Like the seventies was is considered the golden age of cinema for a reason because this is when things started to really loosen as far as like the stories that could be told, the things that we could see. Things got right. more experimental. There was a period where pornography be- went kind of became chic and was like we had movies like Deep Throat and mm-hmm. uh, and Devil and Miss Jones and stuff like that uh, come out in theaters. But uh, just, just kind of keeping away from porn for this, I'm just talking about conventional film. Uh, a movie came out in 1972 called The Last Tango in Paris yeah. with, with Marlon Brando. Um, and the movie is basically one big suck and fuck fest between him and this 19-year-old girl. Uh, and that movie was another one where it was where it was rated X. And it's not that it has hardcore. Like I said, like I said, it's uh, this the whole it, film is about these two people just experimenting sexually, but it's not graphic. Like you don't like see anything. Like it's not a graphic movie. It's just uh, insinuates just graphic behavior. The know? content itself was so shocking, right? Right. That it, that it had to be subdued in the eyes of some people. Yeah, particularly there's a, a rape scene in it. Um, oh yeah, we we don't. Is, yeah. is there a redemption arc? Is this like somewhere somebody hands it to you and says, this is a rape movie? No, it's not. It's not a rape movie and it's not a rape revenge movie. It's not like that. Mm. Um, oh, it just ha- casual rape in the movie? No, no. It, well, oh. it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of on the borderline when you watch it. You know, it's like uh, it, 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 it's one of those movies like where like the whole thing was about like, you know, sexual dynamics between this this, this couple and like the uh, like sadomasochism and everything like that. So it's like, it, it's kind of on the border, but there's a scene that's like, uh, that. yeah, I would call a rape scene. Um, that That's like an anal rape thing. And uh, Ooh, so, okay. I haven't yeah. seen, see, I haven't seen that one either. Last Tango in Paris. 
Well, you should. You should. It's something that I could think everyone should see. But um, All right. well. it, because it was like this was a big conventional movie. And uh, and it was only retroactively. It was only in like the past couple of years where some people started to talk about that scene. I guess the actress was saying like she knew like there was the scene was going to be violent, but she felt a little like overpowered when she. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he actually like slap her around for real in the scene and shit like. Wasn't that alluded, no, alleged, or whatever? I don't think so. But like in the scene, like the, like you know, not to give anything away, but this is an old movie. But in the scene, like the guy Brando, he takes he takes out a stick of butter and uses it as ass loop. <laughs> and like apparently, the actress didn't know that that butter was going to be involved. And what? So- yeah, yeah, that's not acceptable, dude. <laughs> what, well, what the hell? <laughs> I don't think I don't think that like he didn't like actually like, he didn't like shove the butter up her ass for real or anything like that. But I don't know. It's like there's a lot of different conflicting was stories he, about. Was he this. improving that? Was this a yes and thing? He was like, and then the butter. Um, I take out this butter. You know, no. Well, I mean, it, it was Brando, so you probably had butter in his pocket anyway because he was a bad fuck. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I, I dropped my butter. Forgive me, I dropped it. Uh, but, I dropped uh, it in your ass. <laughs> but, but no, there's like you can look it up. There's conflicting stories about that scene the in which filmed and everything. But uh, but no, it's like the movie itself was just very provocative. Um, you know, because it's all about sex. So uh, yeah. But there was another movie uh, that came out that same year that. That is way, way, way more rapey and worse. Uh, oh. And that's a that's a, a movie that I love very much uh, called Last House on the Left. Oh yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, the West Craven. Uh, West Craven. Yeah, first and, movie. Like, people people like like to bring up a lot of the exploitation grindhouse stuff of the seventies, but this was the one that really started it, and not just in America. This is you know before any of the Italians or anything like that came out with their crazy cannibal movies which we'll get to later uh this is 1972 this is off the heels of the 60s and uh and craven's like i'm gonna give you last house on the left and see how you motherfuckers like that and that movie is brutal to this day and that is a rape movie or a rape revenge movie it's a rape revenge movie but it's it's got a different twist on on who gives the revenge uh and yeah and like the 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 way that the, the victims are treated in it is absolutely awful, and you don't, it, it, it does not pull any punches with it. It's right in your face. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the way that they're, they're retaliated against is even doubly brutal uh, and graphic. Um, extreme as hell, mm-hmm. uh, that movie. Uh, there's, there's stuff in that where, like, even I'm like, oh, geez, I kind of just want to, like, turn my head away for a bit. Uh, but yeah, what a great horror film that is. That was the, really the first of its kind when it comes to, like, the exploitation. Um, like rape revenge or graphic extreme. That was the one that's like the first extreme horror film, I think. Um, and like, it's, you know, prove me wrong. Anyone out there is listening. What other movie? Like, can you say like, that's the the first extreme horror movie, Last right. House on the Left. No, I think, I think so. I think you're right. But uh, I do have to bring up, and I know it's been brought up a bunch of times, but the weirdest thing about that movie is the theme the musical theme that plays when the police are the cops are on the screen. It's it's just so like like it just makes them like it. It's so weird. It's like the this movie is so intense and there's such intense shit going on. And these two 
bungling Keystone cop characters get on 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 the whatever they come in and it, their music is just like yeah. like it's so fucking it's weird. Funny, it's a funny thing with that soundtrack too because the whole soundtrack is like this weird hippie music, you know? It's uh there's no like dark music in the whole movie. In fact, um when I was in I was in London and um and my buddy name, Greg name drop well, I swear I was. Oh. I was in, I was in London, and uh, and my buddy Greg was watching Bear, uh, you know, while I was you know away, and uh, and so I was like, and so I was like, oh, I want to get him something, you know, like as a thank you while I'm in London, and he collects vinyl, and he particularly collects vinyl horror soundtracks. He has an incredible collection, and so I was like, oh, you know, so I found this record shop, and I'm looking around, and I find. Last ha- last house on the left, the soundtrack, you know, on vinyl, wow. and so I bought it for him as a gift, and I've you know brought, came came back with it, nice. and he was really happy to get it. You know, it's like he's happy to have his collection. But dude, it's terrible. Like we we're listening to it, and we're like, oh yeah, this movie. It's just it's just like this hippie fucking you know like ding 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 ding, ding and then so the goofy bizarre. and then the yeah. goofy cop music. So bizarre, dude. It, like it's, the it's... only the only song that that kind of has a spooky feel is like the theme where it's like and the road leads to nowhere. But even that, it's it's hippie shit. It's like listening to fucking you know go to the country. It's like listening to that shit, you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it has this like Grateful Dead, like just shoot yourself in the face, like you know, kind of sound to it. Yeah, it's it's weird, but like I just, I mean, I, I would be upset if I didn't bring up that cop theme is just no, like, yeah, no, you so yeah. bizarre. Yeah. It's yeah. so bizarre. Definitely, definitely. It's um, jarring, but anyway, go ahead. But that so, movie, la- yeah, that, Last House on the Left. But that movie, um. It was the interesting thing about that when it comes to censorship and being cut is uh, it was moviegoers that really caused a lot of trouble for this this film. People would go to see the movie and something would happen and they'd get so pissed off and they would go to the to the the owner of the theater. And this is before like AMC theaters. It wasn't chains. They were just like business owners and they would demand that like the movie be destroyed and stuff. And sometimes they won. Like people would be like, this movie's filth. It's garbage. You should burn it. And they're like, OK. And they did because enough people complained. Or what the fuck? This That's is true. Like yeah, crazy, true. dude. Well, it, and or they would the films would be cut, and like sometimes that was the the discretion of the projectionist. The guy in the projectionist booth would be like, "Oh, this is too much," and he would cut scenes, literally cut with a pair of scissors, and then mm-hmm. and like cut from the film reel, take scenes out completely, and he'd be watching it, it'd be like this, bleh, 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 like you know, just this burn mark on the screen. Goes and right go, to the thing. Go yeah. right to the next thing. Uh, and so, like projectionists were just cutting it it's to the point where, like Craven, uh, in one of in in a, it was in one of like the books where like you know about him, a biography of him, was mm. talking about it, and he was like, people would tell him that they saw the movie, and then other people would tell him they saw it too, and they'd be like, oh, and th- like this scene, and people were like, well, no, wait, that wasn't it. No, yeah, it was. And like different people had seen the movie, but they had seen yeah. totally different versions of it because it was chopped up and butchered all across the country by different projectionists. You know? Dude, do you think like some of those projectionists have su- like they've then put together the first primitive versions of supercuts of things where they just have like sex, death, and they like just string all of those cuts together? That would I be amazing. I, maybe, but I don't think I don't think. No, I think they threw it away in the name of these, Jesus. Yeah, these, these were they yeah these them. are people in fucking you know in the south like who are just like oh this is this is against Jeebus and so they would cut it out you know. 
Uh, so no, I don't think they were saving that shit. But no, uh, I know, but it'd be cool if they did. But that sucks. Like the project, it's at the behest of the projectionist, as if he's qualified to do anything it. but flip a switch on a fucking projector. Yep. Again, this is like this is not. This was yeah. like these. This was a family-owned business. They could do whatever they wanted to the fucking movies they were showing. They were just so they were just coming. Yeah, exactly. It was different. So there were a lot of movies that came out in the seventies that. Uh, were really intense, uh, and some got X ratings, like mentioned, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, before that was 1974, and that one got an X rating. There's zero sex in it, there, like, you don't even see people like making out really. Um, you, the, like, it's just it was just got that because of like violence and, the, the, and viol- the suggestion of violence is what, like, even more, right? I would say, right? Yeah. That, right, that's what I was gonna say. Um, is like, you're like. And that's one of the brilliant things about that movie is that, you know, people are getting attacked with a chainsaw, but you're not seeing excessive blood and guts. You're not seeing body parts flying or guts flying or like people being disemboweled. You just know that it's happening. And it's so, yeah, it's all the suggested. And that's the brilliant thing about that movie. And that's why so many people walked away from it being like, oh, my God, it was the most intense thing I've ever seen is because it lets you fill in the blanks. It allows the viewer to make the images in their mind and whatever you create in your own mind out of your own reaction of fear and horror is, is going to be much more brutal and, and, and visceral than anything they could make on film using special effects. And so, and that's the great thing. Like you watch that scene where Franklin you know gets disemboweled with the chainsaw. You, all you see is like him screaming and you know, it's happening, but you mm-hmm. don't see the chainsaw going into his stomach. You don't see a drop of blood in that whole scene. But people are people are convinced. We're, we're convinced, and to this day are convinced when they see it that it was just filled with blood and guts. They just think it's oh my god, it was so gory, it was so gory, and it's really not. You don't see a lot of blood in that movie at all. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so there, there was a lot of other movies that came out at the time. You know, this is the era of like Taxi Driver and like and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Um, did you have any you wanted to bring up? I have a couple in the seventies that I'm going to get to. So, oh, uh, in the seventies, no, keep going. I'll probably I probably have a couple of the same okay. that you already have. So, well, I'm going to jump into nineteen. 19- I'm going to uh, time travel. You know, put the little Bill and Ted sound effect. I'm going to I'm going to jump right to 1975 with a little film by a man named Pierre Pialo Pasolini. He made a film called Salo. Uh, also known as 120 Days of Sodom. And this movie is fucked up. I'm not familiar with that one. I do not have really? it on my list. Really? Say wow. it. No, I don't. I'm like, this, this, this okay, movie that is one, that one missed. Wow. I missed that one. Yeah, like for those of you out there who really like torture porn, this is the original torture porn film. Eli Roth, we're looking at you. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah this is pretty much the kind of shit you, well, no, his stuff pales in comparison to this. I mean, he tries to rip off torture porn and stuff, but no, this uh, hostile and all that stuff pales in comparison to Salo. Salo, um, it combines religion and sex. It, it, like, this director combines religion and sex in, in a lot of his stuff. Uh, like some of the other films, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing them wrong, you know, or what, you know, like uh, Teorema and uh, Decemeron, you know, but his most infamous work is Salo. Uh, and it's an adaptation of the infamous novel by the Marquis de Sade. Uh, it takes place during the uh, waning days of World War II, and it features the abduction and sexual torture of several teenage boys by aristocratic Italian libertines. Mm. Uh, and so that's really the whole movie. You're just watching these 
young boys, uh, many of the actors were thought to be underage. And that was another thing that made the movie scandalous. Uh, you're just basically watching these young boys being forced to like eat shit and fuck each other and like just do all sorts of disgusting things. Um, it was banned in several countries and wasn't passed by the censors in Australia until 2010. Like that's it, how intense it is. I'm 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 reading about it as you're telling me about it. Why? Why aren't you just listening to me? <laughs> I am listening to you as well, but I'm also trying to like participate in the conversation. Uh, what was the purpose of making this movie? It was it was just a film. It was like a you know, horror shock film. It was just you know about these uh, you know boys being abducted. You know? and uh, it was also like you know uh, Pasolini did this a lot. Like I was saying, where he would take religion and sex and combine the two, and like you know these people because it's based on Marquis de Sade, like, you know, they're these kind of, like, religious nuts, and they're, like, torturing these young boys. Uh, and, yeah, like, this this thing, it continues to be banned. Like like I said, it didn't pass mm-hmm. the censors in Australia, you know, which is a not a primitive place, you know, like, not until 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the U.S., um, there's an instance, and I wrote this down because this is crazy when I was reading up on it, there's an instance in a, uh, kind of like with Two Life Crew, uh, there's an instance in a Cincinnati bookstore uh, where the owner was charged charged with pandering uh, child pornography. Uh, oh, for when, selling it? Shit. When, it, when an undercover policeman uh, found a copy of the film at his store. Wow. Uh, and it took the testimony of several artists and scholars, including Martin Scorsese, uh, to overturn the charge. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's intense. Yeah, it's a crazy movie. And it's shit. Have like, you seen I, it? Oh, of course I've seen it, yeah. Uh, and it's and it's shit. It's not a good movie. It's really, you're just watching people just be tortured, like watching young boys be tortured. That's like really the whole movie. It's not good, but it's infamous uh, mm. because of what it is. Uh, but a lot of people love it. A lot of people who are into extreme stuff really love it. I personally just thought it was trash. But, um, but you know, I also love other things that are definitely trash, so I can't, <laughs> I can't argue with it. So. Not worth mentioning, for sure. Yeah. I didn't even know about that one, so... Cool. So, leap forward to uh, to uh, 1978, and then we get to my T-shirt. I spit on your grave. Yep. Uh, so this is probably the most notorious entry in any into the subgenre of rape revenge movies. This is the quintessential mm-hmm. uh, quintessential rape revenge yeah. movie. This is the uh, one that comes to mind when you bring that genre. As, up, I think. as it as it should, as it should. And I have a love-hate relationship with this movie. Um, I understand why people hate it and are against it. I understand why people are disgusted by it. I totally get it. I'm not going to tell anyone, well, you should appreciate it. No, I get it. It is trash. Um, it follows a uh, character named Jennifer, played by the beautiful Camille Keaton, uh, as she travels alone to rural Connecticut, hoping to get some writing done. So, you know, she's taking a little page from my book. She, she knows what's up. It's like, do you want to get the writing done? You, you move to Connecticut, rural Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that the centerpiece of this film uh, is a seemingly endless 30-minute gang rape scene. Uh, 30 minutes. That is a long rape scene. Okay? Uh, now, have you seen the movie, John Wayne? Have you seen it? Oh yeah, dude! I've seen. Okay, this movie. you've seen. It. Okay, yeah. I yeah, just want... this is a, one of those movies that you you should see once, but you don't have to see again if you don't want to. Well, I uh, I don't. Uh, 
I don't know if you even really need to see it once. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. It Just because you said it's the quintessential thing, which is a genre, rape revenge has become a genre unto itself. So if you're looking at what started it, we talked about Last House on the Left, and then we moved to this one, which is the one. Um, so it, it's worth a watch, but it's not something you need yeah, to well, go Last back House, to. Last House, I mean, Last House on the Left... As graphic as it is, it, it's more about this group of people just like torturing these girls, like mentally and emotionally and everything. Um, whereas so I Spin in Your Grave is like graphic rape, like graphic rape. Um, and it goes on and on and on. It, 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 goes, it, goes, it goes on. You know? um, Dude, what, but, I'm sorry to interrupt. But what was that? We talked about this Canadian movie that's more recent that is in the bowling alley pin. pin pals or pinhead gutter balls, gutter balls. Gutter balls. yeah, yeah I, I i found that and put it on and that the rape scene that's within like the first 20 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. was way too intense i turned it off like i was yeah, like, I, don't, I have no desire to watch this movie like it Whoa. involves like way too no. much it's it just goes on for a long time it does like, it does and yes. it's ridiculous it's no awesome. it is it, it is it's 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 <laughs> that's that's a really hardcore scene but the thing gutter balls is gutter balls is kind of parodying stuff like I spit in your grave with that. It's and it's like it's not ha ha funny, but the the movie goes over the top in every possible way, uh gutter balls, and it's it makes fun of like of all the grindhouse sleaze films of the era. Uh so that was and that's why, you know, it's like it is a rape scene, but they're like using a bowling pin, you know, and it's like it's just it's it's like the darkest humor possible. Um I don't know. Maybe but, I was in the wrong headspace when I started watching it. I was like, I have to the, turn this off. It's the darkest movie it's the darkest comedy possible um i love that movie but anyway uh i also really like i spit in your grave um even though i have a, i have a hard time with that whole rape scene and i usually will just want to like skip it and then which and it's like it's like a third of the movie but i just yeah. want to skip it because it really it just goes on way too long it's way too gratuitous and brutal um but the thing about that i love about the movie more than anything is i really love the poster i love the poster i remember seeing the box cover for it uh, growing up and just being like, oh man, that looks so intense. And it's like the hot, hot chick's ass, Demi Moore's ass. Uh, and it just, it's like, I always wanted to know, like it, it was one of those, those things that just grabbed you. And it's like, this woman has been, has just killed all these dudes and chopped them up and murdered them, burned them. But no court in America would convict her. I'm like, oh fuck, I need to see this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was much older that I finally got to see it. And I was like, oh man, this movie's really just really. But then then after the rape, she goes on this killing spree and she kills all these guys and uses her sexuality as a way to trap them like a like a fucking praying mantis or something. It's beautiful. Uh, And some have reappraised the film uh, as a feminist text because of it, uh, focusing on the main character's agency as she avenges herself. Uh, But it was still banned in many countries, uh, including like the UK, Canada, Ireland, Australia. so yeah, very very controversial movie to this day. Uh, I have to bring up my man Abel Ferrara's uh, Miss Forty Five if we're okay. going to talk about along those uh, lines of movies, mm-hmm. um, where she ends up using like what she gets basically attacked for against everyone, but then she takes it too far, or does she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just snaps and kills everybody. Everybody, but yeah. she sees everybody she kills. She she justifies it in her head somehow. Is like right. boom, boom the whole time. 
but so that's like kind of an instance of how it goes like over the other side but fuck it i mean she probably should have killed yeah, it was anyway a whole, it, yeah. was a whole, it was a whole genre like in the late 70s early 80s so like the revenge movie there's oh, a yeah. million of them yeah, yeah um yeah yeah moving right along um this like you know speaking of late 70s early 80s this is when the faces of death shit started mm-hmm and those things started to to come out, and then down the road there are many other uh, imitations of it with death scenes and like other stuff like that. And then you know further down the road there's Rotten dot com, uh, but like this was like you know the ones where it was like it's real footage of real deaths, and it was like okay here's a here's a quick video that someone took where a guy happens to get hit by a bus. So it wasn't necessarily like snuff film. It wasn't like we set out to kill people and filmed it. It was more, it was just like found footage. It was like, oh, here's this footage of this guy. But uh, everyone went crazy for these. They're like, well, you, you see this? It shows this guy in the electric chair getting his eyeballs pop out. As it turned out, we learned years later, it was all fake. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. <laughs> yeah. See, it was all fake. But at the time, we didn't know that, you know? And no. Then, and what it was a like, great troll, dude. What an awesome fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, but then the stuff that came after it, like in the '90s, like death scenes and stuff, those were real. Those were real, yeah. Those really were real. Um, but yeah, at the, at the face of the death stuff turned out to be bullshit. But there is uh, actual. You do see animals really get killed, like the shit with the monkeys. It's just monkey, fucking horrible. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah, it's just fucking yeah. horrible. Even even back then, I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I'm not watching yeah. this. Um, but that, that I did want to bring that up because those were super controversial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and. Uh, that was the type of thing where you could only find it like on the dusty shelf in the back of the video store. It's like, you know, it had to be a certain type of video store. We could, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, it's um, on shutter. Or it was on shutter uh, for a while. It might still yeah. be out there, but yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, so this brings me to my favorite story in the history of controversial movies. My favorite oh, story. Okay. Cause this is crazy. Uh, 1980. It was a glorious year. Um, yes, I think I know where we're going. It was a glorious year, and uh, we came out. Uh, well, uh, not we, but uh, the Italians. Uh, and uh, a lovely man named Ruggiero Diotato. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Diodato, I think is how I said. Anyway, he made a little movie called Cannibal Holocaust. Mm. Uh. So this movie is fucking bananas. I'm not going to tell you the whole like thing, but basically it's it was like part of this whole uh, genre of films. Like there, like in the late seventies, early eighties, the the Italian cannibal movie was a subgenre of horror, much like the rape revenge movie was a thing in uh, in America. And you had all these movies. You had you know like Doctor Butcher and Mountain of the Cannibal God and Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, uh, Last Cannibal World, Anthropophagus, uh, you know like stuff like that. You had all these these movies, uh, but Cannibal Holocaust. Oh man, it stands out as the most influential one and the and the most effective one, right? Uh, be, and it basically, it's just about a, a camera crew that goes, and it's kind of like a found footage, found footage film before that was a thing, uh, you know, decades before Blair Witch. Uh, it's this camera crew goes to like you know see the Aborigines or whatever, like in some jungle. They see the, the native people, and they get wrapped up into the like into this cannibal nightmare. Uh, so that's the that's the gist of the movie. But the, mm-hmm. the story behind the, what happened, 
behind the scenes is more crazy than the movie. Um, yeah. Ten days, ten days after its premiere, Cannibal Holocaust was confiscated under the orders of a local magistrate, uh, and the director, uh, Diodato, was charged with obscenity. Now, you already were like, well, yeah, because that movie is really, really graphic and fucked up. Uh, mm. People being impaled up their ass and the, the fucking spike going out their mouth and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, like naked women being impaled like that. It's fucked up. Um, so uh, all the copies were to be turned over to the authorities. Uh, but the film was released in other countries like the UK uh, via subterfuge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so in, in January of 81, during the film's theatrical run in France, uh, there was a magazine called Photo. Uh, suggested that certain deaths depicted in the film were real because they look really yeah. real, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so charges against the director uh, were amended to include murder. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they thought that they, he had made a fucking snuff film. And like released here, it. Here he was yeah. already in trouble for obscenity. And they're like, well, let's just add murder to that, too. Uh, the right. courts believed that the actors who were portrayed, who portrayed the missing film crew, crew uh and uh, the native actress uh, featured in the impalement scene they believe that they were killed for the camera well uh, now compounding matters <laughs> is the fact that the supposedly deceased actors they had signed contracts with the production uh which ensured that they would not appear in any type of media motion pictures commercials for a, a whole year following the film's release now, this was done in order to promote the idea that Cannibal Holocaust was truly were, was, was real, was was <laughs> truly the, re, the rediscovered footage of of missing documentarians. Mm -hmm. uh, so like that made it all the more difficult for the director to prove that they were <laughs> that they were alive. Right. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like you, he kind of fucked himself. So. Uh, during the subsequent court proceedings, questions arose as to why the actors were in no other media if they were alive. It's like, well, then why aren't they in any other movies? Why aren't they in TV? Well, why do we never see them? Yeah. And so uh, to prove his innocence, Diodato uh, had the actors interviewed and they were on TV and all this. And uh, he also explained in court how the special effect with the impalement scene was achieved. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and he also had uh, pictures of like the, the girl who was who did the impalement scene, and, like her, like you know, uh, filmed like with them, like after they filmed the scene and hanging out and all that. Uh, mm -hmm. So then the, the the court drops drops all murder charges after that. Uh, but that is hilarious to me. Yeah, like, can you imagine like how crazy it is? It's like you told the you you put a fucking hush order in the contract. These people are like you need to disappear. <laughs> To do your thing, and it's just like, and it totally damn, blows up in your face. It's like, yeah, absolutely. So, although the snuff film allegations were disproven, the Italian courts decided to ban Holo Cannibal Holocaust anyway, uh, due to the genuine animal slangs uh, that are in yeah, the film. That, yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, which is which is unfortunate because the film is 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 a really good movie if you want like in your face horrible shocking horror like it like it it makes you very sick to your stomach like just it's just the movie as a whole it's just like oh you feel so uncomfortable watching it uh it's very well done if you want to be repulsed um but yeah it faced uh it faced um censorship issues in all countries around the world and um you know uh 
in, in, in 81, before the, it went before the British uh, Board of Film Censors, which had power to ban films in the UK. And so it was became one of the video nasties, which was a big thing uh, mm. at the time. Um, but the animal, but anyway, the animal cruelty in it uh, is is the, is where I take the most beef with it. Um, you know, because there there are uh, a um, a muskrat, a turtle, a turtle, a boa constrictor, and a squirrel monkey, yeah. like and a pig. They're they're all killed in the movie, and it's and it is gratuitous. It's like you're seeing people kill these animals, and it clearly was done for shock value. The director. Uh, over time, like he was just like, I, I'm ashamed that we that I did this. The actors are too. They're like, we regret it. It was terrible. But here's the thing: is that they were living with actual native people when they made this film, and the native people killed these animals to eat them all the time. And that's really like mostly what you're seeing, with the exception of like the turtle scene. Uh, I think most of it it was uh, it, it's just, it's, this is what you're seeing. Um, but it was, still comes off as gratuitous. But at the same time, there are other films that weren't quote-unquote trash like this, weren't just grindhouse trash, that have uh, actual animal killings. Like Apocalypse Now has like actual Native people killing, slaughtering a, a, a cow in it, mm. uh, in that one quick scene, you know? Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, where do you draw the line, you know? But I do I do have a problem with it. But it, in... Uh, in subsequent releases, like through Grindhouse Releasing, uh, put it out. Like there are options where you can watch a animal cruelty free version of the movie. They, like, oh, cut, really? Yeah, oh, they okay. cut That's those cool. scenes out of the film. Uh, if you're interested in seeing this movie, it is on Shutter right now. Mm. I don't know if it's what what version of it it is though, because there's yeah. so many different versions released of this that were cut for this reason or that reason or that one. I don't know. Knowing Shutter, it's probably just uncut. Um, so anyway. That's Cannibal Holocaust, and I wanted to bring that one up uh, first because that's the one that really didn't start at all, but really kind of like sets the bar. Because uh, the ones that started it all, we have to get into um, <clears throat> uh, Umberto Lenzi's films, and this this comes goes back to the seventies. So I'll be rewinding to the seventies a little bit. So tune in next week, yeah, uh, as we get deeper into cannibal films and we move forward with our second part um as we get into the 80s and beyond uh oh, when it comes to band band controversial cinema so all of you out there who love the attainable uh the italian cannibal films don't worry i know i skipped over a couple and i'm not forgetting umberto and i'm not mm. forgetting cannibal ferox tune in next week and we'll talk more about those yeah and we've listed a bunch of movies like so you have a whole week to check out some of these films yeah. and then come back and uh, listen to the rest of the ones, because there's so much to cover in this topic. We just want to do it justice where we can't talk about every single thing, but we have a lot we want to talk about. So we will uh, cover the rest of it next week. Yeah. Christopher. We will. We, Oh yeah, we will. <laughs> we will. Yeah, we will. You know, we got a little married here. That's all. And again, if you want to watch Cannibal Holocaust, it's on Shutter right now. It is I, on, yeah. I don't know which version it is. Um, the like I, I've only seen the movie once in my life. It was because I, I really, I can't watch animal cruelty. I really, really despise it. Yeah, so it's true. very hard for me to say you should see Cannibal Holocaust, but you should at the same time because it was such a bizarre time in history the 1970s and like the amount of stuff that they did the crazy shit that they put out 
um, that would never fly today and probably shouldn't have flown then. Um, and I'm not talking about the animal cruelty. I'm talking about the movie as a whole. Like, if you take out the animal cruelty, the movie still is so fucked up and wrong uh, that as a horror fanatic, like, I think it's something, like, that, like as a horror writer or horror fan, whatever, like, it's something you kind of have to experience, I think. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you can watch the animal cruelty-free version, I would recommend it. Um, yeah. And if you can watch Life Force also instead, because, <laughs> yeah, that's, because that. that's out there and it's no animal cruelty, it no and none zero, and it's yeah. space vampires and they're just sucking your life. That's all. Which is, is an allegory for yeah being yeah. married. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we we've had a lot more to talk about on this, and we're talking. We do. We do. So yeah, this this would be an eight hour episode if we if we tried to do it in one. So we'll tune in next week, kiddies, and we'll continue. We'll continue, and uh, and we uh, we love you. Don't kill any turtles, but between Don't these two turtles. episodes, please. Don't kill but, anything. Yeah, drink out of straws, but just like cut them into little pieces and then snort them up your own nose, mm. and then everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.